Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 318, and we got a doozy for you. Things are changing, games are coming. We are going to be dropping some knowledge, giving you that week one goo. We're calling this show a wonderful week one. I got my boy Stag Party on the other end of the call. Houdini is setting up a trade show booth, and Nolan showed up to help him. So he's not going to be on this week's show. We'll be in person next week. Uh, me and Stag Party are doing this over uh, um, remotely. So we are going to be talking about the games. They obviously kick off here two nights uh, from right about now. Uh, Falcons are going to be playing the Eagles on the NFL kickoff game. Pretty, uh, pretty friggin' great matchup. Um, so on this show, we're going to, you know, obviously try and keep it as focused on the week one, uh, who you're playing, what the matchups are, and all that stuff. But because we haven't watched any games or there haven't been any games, real games. Um, you know, we might veer here or there into some of the season-long questions, questions about players that we don't know now that might affect the season-long uh, play. But in general, this is a week one show, and uh, all that off-season stuff we've been doing for the, the last, um, whatever, eight, nine months um, are now focused on real games, real stuff. What's going on, Stag Party? How you doing, buddy? Not much, man. I'm just just like everybody else, trying to transition from draft to you know week one matchups, and that's always the toughest part of the year for me. Uh, it's just like a totally different mindset from going from draft, and all you're talking about is you know where you value these guys ADP wise, um, and then suddenly ADP's out the window. You know it doesn't really matter anymore. Now you gotta pick the right starters every week. You gotta optimize your lineups. Um, you got to stream when you need to. You got to pick all the right little things, you know, all those little tweaks to make your team the best, you know, just for this one week and try to beat that one opponent across from you and give you those bragging rights. So this is the most interesting uh, week of the year for me. It's it's still a lot on what we thought uh, about the preseason when it comes to usage. So your ranks aren't drastically different. Uh, from week one as they were in draft. I mean, some have been shaken up a little bit with recent news, but, you know, we've got a game here uh, two days away now, Thursday, and it's too soon for a guy like Carson Wentz. And that has to change his, if you're drafting late, you know, he should be drafted more as the 10th to 12th quarterback off the board than the 5th or 6th as he was being drafted as because he's just not going to accrue you know, the, the same number of points on a weekly basis. When you look at this matchup, um, you've got to remember that these two teams battled it out in the playoffs. It was a 10 to 15 game with just what one touchdown scored on either side. And that was by the Falcons. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, he sort of struggled against that Philly pass rush and defense. They got to him. Now they got to hopefully clean that up. Tevin Coleman was the lead back in that game, uh, rushing for 79 yards. Devonta Freeman was the true lead back, but really got bottled up by that pesky uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense that was one of the best run defenses from a year ago. And all they did is look like they added a player on top of player in that front seven of their defense. So I, I think this is a game that – I think this is a game that's going to be have to be won through the air. So Matt Ryan's going to have to put that, you know, loss behind him. 
Um, it, it was a tight, tight knit game last time. Um, but I expect guys like Julio to do well, and uh, Calvin Ridley might even provide an impact that they didn't have last year. Uh, when you flip over to the Eagles side, they're going to be starting Nick Foles once again, as we mentioned. Um, he also started in that playoff game in January last year. Uh, you know, was effective 23 of 30 uh, for 246 yards, but didn't score any, you know, touchdowns, didn't really give the ball away, uh, played that game manager role well. Um, and, you know, the run game didn't do all that well either. Ajayi was 54 yards on 15 carries. Uh, Legarrett Blunt scored um, scored a touchdown um, on nine carries, but rushed for just 19 yards. And Alshon Jeffrey was the leading receiver. He's another guy that they're not going to have in this battle. So I, I think this game's not going to be one of those you know clean, pristine shootouts that we've gotten accustomed to seeing over the last couple, you know, week ones, the last couple of years. I think it's going to be a little bit uglier. Well, that over and under, it's crazy that that game was such a, a low-scoring affair um, last season. Uh, and they're sitting here in the playoffs, and you're sitting here, and the over-under is uh, live right now. It's at uh, 45 points. Um, so they, they, they seem to think that there's going to be some scoring in this one. Um what are your thoughts, uh, Jai, coming off a little foot injury, uh, you know, player-wise for the Eagles? Um, it looked like a real kind of crowded situation there. Um, it has for a couple of years now, but uh, all offseason and preseason uh, felt like they were adding more and more guys. And we're, what, do, what do you think happens How, as we come into the week one? What's what's the backfield there? Is it a Jai workhorse? Is it – uh, committee is it uh, hot hand? What are you expecting for week one, and uh, is that going to carry over into you know week two and three, or is it kind of like Peterson doesn't even know what he's got right now? I think it's uh, you know Ajayi is the main back. I think he's going to get you know sixty to seventy percent of the work. Uh, he's definitely going to be the lead rusher, but I think Corey Clement is going to be the first guy off the bench in terms of change of pace and in the third down game. Uh, I think they're going to continue to use him in that role. You got to remember that Darren Sproles is back from an injury he suffered early last season. So he's also going to mix in as a situational pass catcher, um, draw specialist, pass protector. So I do expect all three of them to be used, but I think it's pretty clear that if you're starting any of these guys, it's JGI, even despite the injury. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what, talking about Carson Wentz, when. Um... When do you see them bringing him back? Is there anything you've been reading or hearing? I heard Peterson say that he's close. Is close week four? Is close next week? Is um, if, if Foles looks like he's on the money, is are the Eagles going to be like, eh, let's slow this down a little bit? Uh, my my understanding was that it was always like a doctor's decision. So basically, once the doctors clear him. He's going to be back in the lineup. Um, I'm not going to doubt that. I think he's going to be, you know, very involved. Um, so I'd expect to see him uh, maybe as soon as week three. Um, if I had to bet, I'd bet on week three. You know, next weekend you've got a game at, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when you look at that team on paper, 
Uh, it should be a winnable game with or without Nick Foles. Um, uh, you know, assuming things like that early in a season is always tough in football, but you know, without Jameis Winston there, I, I think maybe week three is where they're looking at for Carson Wentz. In this matchup with uh, you know Zach Ertz, obviously very highly drafted, had finally had his breakout season last year, and and every draft I was in, he's a third rounder. Uh, I think yeah, he went third round, like maybe he went fourth and one and third and another. Uh, what are your expectations in this matchup? Do you think he's going to end, you know, season long, is he going to be able to meet his ADP? Um, is he, and also is he, is he better? Is he a better play with, with Foles or with Wentz? I don't think the quarterback situation affects him at all. Uh, I think he's the main cog in this offense, especially without Alshon Jeffrey on the field. Uh, so he's going to be the guy that they're, you know, designing plays for, uh, they're running their scheme through him. He was a guy um, who, in the playoff game, caught just three passes for 32 yards. But this is a you know the Falcons have you know one of the quickest uh, linebacking cores in football, combined with their safeties. You know Keanu Neal. These guys are tough, tough uh, defenders against tight ends. So that's something I'm you know shying away from a little bit, but. You know, you drafted him in the third round, you're starting him. He's been one of the most consistent guys, and he's shown the ability to be, uh, you know, the main cog in an offense. So sort of hard to fade him at this point. Quick questions, and we'll move over to the Falcon side of the ball. Uh, when do you think – when are you thinking uh, Alshon comes back? Um, I know you like uh, uh, Mike um, uh, Wallace uh, as his replacement um, in the interim, uh, and maybe him get it sucking up some of those targets. Uh, when do you think Alshon gets back, and what kind of season are you thinking he's going to have this year? Uh, Alshon, it's going to be tough. He's got to give back sooner rather than later, unfortunately. Uh, it sounds like it could be, you know, they they activated him, so they're not expecting him to miss those full, you know, six weeks that Pup would have cost him, but maybe this is another three- to four-week thing where we could see him, you know, in the beginning of November rather than, uh, anytime in the next two weeks. So, you know, when they were talking about it last, it sounded at least two weeks. So, you know, two to three weeks. What do you think about, uh, are you, do you like a Wallace or who's the, if you were to say, if you had an option and you had to, all of them were on the waiver wire and you had no option because whatever reason, who's the wide receiver for the Eagles that you like the most this week and maybe for the next couple? I mean, it's Aguilar uh, until otherwise. Um, and then, you know, Mike Wallace should be the direct beneficiary, you know, slotting in for him, but he was expected to play a you know significantly large role, uh, even when Alshon's back and healthy. Uh, so Unless that is Agnes, the DFS play. Cool. All right. Let's go over it quickly. Uh, talk about the Falcons. Um, anything that, that jumps out of you? Uh, in this game for a player or anything? Uh, on the Falcons' side of the ball, Devonta Freeman's been a slow starter his last, uh, you know, f- four years in week one. It- it's been underwhelming, and you just haven't got the production you wanted from him. He struggled in this game last year. I think the Eagles are going to be pretty tough run defense yet again. Uh, it- so it really depends on if they're going to get him involved as a pass catcher. 
He's a guy I see more as an RB2 for you this week than I do as one of these, you know, top 10 to 15 locked in running back options. But I, I still think it's hard to not start him, you know, currently. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman, he was the, you know, backfield leader in that playoff game. I don't necessarily expect it to happen that way again. Uh, and I, you know, unless he breaks off a long one, you know, it's really not going to work out well for you. So you're, you're looking at Julio Jones, you know, being the main cog in this offense, you know, sort of like it has been. Um, and, and with the corners, the Eagles have, I think Julio is going to be the best play um, on anybody. And along with that, I think Matt Ryan should be a little bit better. And this play calling, you know, unit is going to be a little bit more together this year. I agree with that. The, the main cog in my beverage wheel is uh, Bill Verde. Verde. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to drop on this game, or should we go to the next one? Boom, boom. On to the next one. On to the next one. On to the – okay, so if you guys are uh, wondering how we're doing this, we go by NFL.com schedules. So go to NFL.com, hit schedule. Um, it'll, it actually is still going to preseason, so obviously go to regular season. Hit one, and we're going top down from that. Obviously, it's easy to know it's the Thursday night game. It's going to be the first one on any site, but uh, we go by our matchups one, two, three down from there. Next game, maybe a Dudley one. We can kind of uh, walk through a little bit quicker, but um, the Bills are going to be going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Um, let's start. We always like to start with the, with the guest, the visitor. Um, so anything um, you want to drop on the Bills, doesn't look like Shady's been suspended. We know that Nathan Peterman was named the starter. Um, you know, see, I, people I talk to, and I know that I, I, I think I've heard it all around the interwebs and on podcasts, and I think you talked about this uh, on our show with Wheeler last week, that you kind of thought that they had a really tough schedule for the first three games the Bills did. So let Peterman take the, uh, take the, uh, the, 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 the hits and then have Josh Allen come out in week three. Is that still what you think, or does uh, Peterman have a chance to be the quarterback this year? I mean, the thing is, when you're the quarterback, you always have a chance to catch lightning in a bottle, right? We've seen, you know, Nick Foles go on crazy stretches where he throws 27 touchdowns to two interceptions in a season. So if he can come out and assert himself, play well, take care of the football, um, you know, be efficient and getting the ball out to his playmakers in space, then he's got a chance to stay on the field. Unfortunately, they've got some tough games uh, ahead of them. Um, and there are some maulers that they're going to face in the first few weeks. So I don't, I'm not going to bet on Nathan Peterman. I mean, he's the, I mean, the last quarterback I would choose to start of the starters, uh, you know, so this season, you know, between Baltimore, the Chargers, Minnesota, uh, maybe right around week four uh, against Green Bay. I think that's the soonest you may see Josh Allen. But even then, that guy's a work in progress and is going to need some time. So now they're in a position after, you know, signing A.J. McCarron, trading him to the Raiders, uh, his upright implosion in the preseason that, you know, it's going to take some work. It's going to be 
it's going to be a work in progress for their quarterback room this season, and they're kicking tires on you know young players like Connor Cook, uh, Paxton Lynch have been in for workouts, so they're kicking the tires and seeing what's available, you know, because they're uncertain, you know, a little bit, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, Peterman, I don't think should be a starter, and that makes it tough for sort of, you know, all his weaponry. Um, you know, Kelvin Benjamin might be the best wide receiver there just because of sheer targets. Uh, if he doesn't see eight, eight to 10 targets a week, uh, I, I think that offense is, you know, doing some things wrong because he's by far the most proven pass catcher in that set outside of, you know, maybe Charles Clay. So, you know, if you're looking for a short area option without, you know, much upside in a week, I think that could be, um, the you know Charles Clay, he's probably more of a tight end too, who will get you those you know four for forty, maybe five for fifty, but not a lot of touchdown upside. Um, and then you know Shady's probably the best play here in terms of running backs. Uh, the Ravens allowed nearly a hundred rushing yards a game to running backs last season, uh, along with twelve touchdowns. Uh, to the position, Shady seems if if you own him, you loan him this long, you're starting him. Uh, especially, you know, no new news on a suspension, you know. And of course, should it break, then you know to take him out. But it's going to be sort of a clear cut thing before game time, where it doesn't sound like the team is going to, you know, have any um, benching or suspension or sit out a series to hold over his head. So. Uh, he, he- Obviously, what was not placed on the commissioner's exempt list, they're just looking for more information. Do you feel like at some point he, they're going to garner all the information that they need and that he's going to potentially be sat out for a number of games or the rest of the season? What's kind of the feeling around the league and with um, you know you and all your awesome studly fantasy experts? Is McCoy going to be a, a full slate this year, or are are you worried about him? Because he was he went he's going in the fourth or fifth round, and I felt like uh, I got him in one league. I felt like it was actually I didn't. I took Mixon in one league, and he went right after that. But fourth round is bad for McCoy. You haven't seen that since he was a rookie in the league, you know. So, um, and you saw what happened with with Ezekiel Elliott last year, where when you took a risk on him and, and you took him in last year's draft, you actually got you allowed him to really get you a nice push um, at the beginning of the season before he got suspended. What What are your thoughts yeah. on McCoy? Are you worried about him getting suspended, or are you kind of like, seems like this might pass? I mean, that's for the legal people to figure out, man. There's going to be a lot of work. Um, and any suspension, you know, could come down mid-season or it could come down, you know, next season. Um, you know, these things uh, ha- have lingered before. They've gone from season to season. It is sort of a tough call. Uh, so I think as long as you're holding them, you're starting them. But – He's the, the the reality is on the field, the team around him isn't as good as it has been before. Tyrod Taylor, while you might not like him as a quarterback, he provided extra rushing lanes for LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy in his career has averaged nearly a half yard per carry with a rushing quarterback under center 
as opposed to, you know, your traditional pocket passer. So, you know, the effectiveness there looks to be a little waning. That offensive line, uh, you know, they went through an offseason of move after move after move that really depleted the talent at that group. So they look like, you know, a bottom 10 to bottom five unit in the league at the offensive line position. And that's not great for Shady's, um, you know, uh, long-term appeal. Then you look at the pass catchers. Is there anybody there that can stretch the field vertically, uh, get get down the field deep to allow him some rushing lanes? And no one there looks established in that area. So all the things you'd want in a perfect world don't exist for LaShawn McCoy. But the opportunity for 20 or so carries a game you know, looks there, and they're going to throw him the ball. Um, he's going to catch a dump off. So while healthy, he should be in line for, you know, 20 to 25 touches a week, and that's a valuable, valuable commodity to have in fantasy. This game is going to be interesting just all around. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, Jimmy Smith's, uh, you know, he's suspended for the Ravens, but I think you're going to be able to tell a lot by the Ravens' defense and offense if they can't smoke the Bills in this one, and I think you can tell a lot by how the Bills will be coached and how this unit will be able to come together on both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball. Um, <coughs> they're able to pull off a, a, a nice victory. I think this is like this is a real litmus test. Uh, week one, it's it's a dud of a game to watch, uh, but if if the Ravens stink it up and they can't get things done against the Bills, it's serious trouble, and vice versa. It, the, the Bills can get some things done or can't, and they are who we thought we, they were. But Vegas does have it at a 40-point game. It's going downward, um, and uh, obviously uh, the Ravens are favored by a touchdown. So let's talk about some – let's talk about the other side of the ball. Uh, I'll start with, uh, you know, Flacco looked great in camp. How are they going to use let, – let's see what Flacco can do. Uh, obviously it's been pretty abysmal since his huge contract signing – um, does he have any weaponry? John Brown's kind of the guy that people have been a little bit excited about this offseason. Are, are you excited about John Brown in a matchup like this? I'm not excited about John Brown. The way you want to attack the Bills uh, we saw last year is you want to run the ball against them. They allowed the most fantasy points to opposing running backs uh, last year. Uh, allowed 18 rushing touchdowns to running backs and also allowed 89 receptions uh, to running backs. So they got beat up by opposing running backs. Alex Collins, uh, you should be locking them into your week one lineups uh, as sort of a high-end RB2 with the chance to score touchdowns. He was a guy who got hot late last year. Um, they were very proactive in not riding them hard this preseason. So I think you know, Alex Collins locked in high-end RB2 this week uh, with the chance for t- maybe multiple touchdowns. Um, then, you know, talking about Flacco and his pass catchers, I, I do think they significantly upgraded at that position uh, between Crabtree and John Brown. They've added, you know, even Willie Sneed. They've added some depth uh, that just wasn't there for them last year when they were having to rely on younger guys. And now you've got that veteran depth. Uh, John Brown's got a thousand yard season or, or near it. Uh, Willie Sneed can say the same. So, you know, same thing with Crabtree. These are guys who've done it in the league before. 
who are going to be where uh, Joe Flacco needs them to be on a play-to-play basis. But, you know, going up against the secondary of the Buffalo Bills, uh, I think that's where you want to be a little bit, you know, more careful. This is going to be one of those games where I need to watch and see the Bills allowed the uh, sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers last year. Uh, allowed just eight passing scores, which was second in the league to just those Baltimore Ravens we mentioned. So uh, just six passing scores to those wide receivers. So I think, you know, this is a wait and see game. We need to see how the pecking order is going to shake out at wide receiver because maybe there's going to be weeks where it's Crabtree. Maybe it's weeks where it's John Brown. Uh, Luckily, you know, without – um, a lot of clarity. I, I think they're, you know, flex plays and, you know, maybe Crabtree is that wide receiver three who's there because of volume and potential touchdown upside. But the rest of these guys, I got to wait and see on. Lamar Mill, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, do you think they're going to be throwing out a lot of packages uh, week one for him? Are you excited to see kind of how they decide to use him? Or, again, you can't start him at fantasy until you see it, but what are your expectations there? And then we'll move on to the next uh, next game. I mean, maybe he sees two or three plays. Like, uh, I don't foresee it being all that many. I think, you've, you know, once you try to mix in another quarterback, you know, on a weekly basis, that's when things are, are usually at desperate times. I don't think they're there yet. I think they have a, a defense that's going to be among the league's best. So as long as Flacco's taking care of the ball, you know, making the right decisions, you know, not giving it over to the other team through interceptions or fumbles. He's going to remain the guy. Uh, if they need, you know, some of these, you know, gadget plays, I do think Lamar Jackson's going to have a role, but it's nothing you can count on for fantasy for a long time. Agreed. All right. Well, before we get to the next game, which is going to be the Jaguars visiting the New York Giants. Uh, I want to do a, a read here for us, um, and we've got a new sponsor that I want to get into, and our new sponsor is uh, Squad QL. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you'll need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, your bench players, and your free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, CBS leagues, pulling your actual roster and your league scoring system into place. SquadQL provides waiver wire, trade recommendations, plus the app gives your player rankings each week. And it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app uh, this fantasy football season. Head to squadql.com, that's S-Q-U-A-D-Q-L.com, to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, a site, uh, an app that I've used uh, for years. The leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free both for Apple and Android. Check this thing out. We're going to be sponsoring it uh, for, uh, you know, a lot of the season. 
Um, they're really trying to make a nice push. And uh, so if you like us, give them a shot. Uh, go, and maybe they'll be able to make a couple of lineup changes for you that are going to be a difference maker. Stag party. The Jaguars at the Giants. Is there a week one matchup from player to player that's more exciting than this? Um, to me, it's this game and Jalen Ramsey on, uh, versus OBJ. And the other one is the heir apparent, the next Michael Jordan of quarterbacks, so everyone says, and Watson against Tom Brady. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts? I personally just want to say this. I want OBJ to smoke the living daylights out of Jalen Ramsey. Guy talks way too much. That says all these players that have done so much more in the league with him are crap. Uh, and then gives everyone thumbs up that it, he's kind of homies with. Uh, obviously a sick talent. Might already be the best cover corner in the league. But shut your trap. Uh, I want OBJ to man up and, uh, and just uh, show him why he just made coin and why probably the best wide receiver talent-wise in the league. What do you think happens in this matchup? I mean, I, you know, guys going across from each other this week, I don't think there is a, a single matchup better than this. I would watch just the camera of those guys matched up all game because that way I don't have to, you know, look at Eli Manning. Uh, and that make, would make me so much happier. But, you know, needless to say, the cameras aren't going to give us everything we want. I do think that will be a you know main talking point in this game, however. Um, and honestly, you know, defenses are always more on point early in the season than offenses. So I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, you know, causing tr- some trouble, especially for that offensive line that that's sort of banged up. They've got injuries. Uh, they're they're sort of mixing and matching players there, but you know I do think they're going to be able to score enough points. I do think Odell, you know Odell's floor is like five for fifty, so I'm not going to completely write him off. Uh, but you know Jalen Ramsey has a way of getting in people's heads, so that's something I do worry about with a guy like Odell. Um, I've got him a little bit lower. I think I'm probably going to have him as a wide receiver too this week um, when everybody else is going to be sort of much higher on him, uh, have him as a locked-in wide receiver or one for your lineups. I just think he's a guy you have to adjust your expectations for. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard does look like uh, uh, you know a guy who should be in consideration for a flex play, you know, playing against the slot. Uh, corner taking on those safeties and linebackers across the middle. Uh, I think that looks like a pretty good spot for him. They did lose, um, I think it was Aaron Colvin in free agency, and they're replacing him um, with with DJ Hayden. So that's going to be something we're going to have to see worked out. They were also really good over the middle last year. I don't know if they're that good there, uh, you know, this offseason. So, that's something I'm going to be monitoring, seeing if the Jacksonville Jaguars do have a weak spot. Um, and when they did have a weak spot last year, it was definitely the tight end position. So, you know, Evan Ingram looks like a pretty solid starter for me in week one. Uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars did give up that infamous, what, th- three-touchdown game uh, earlier in the season to – or no, maybe I got that backwards. Oh, I got it backwards. Um, shit. 
Yeah. The, all good. That was the – what's that? All good. It's probably the first time yeah. I've ever, I, I can remember you getting stumbled up on a stat. So we're all human. I do it every three minutes. Yeah, they they do – they are a little bit weaker against the tight end position. They're not, you know, a doormat by any means. But they're just one of the best defenses all around. I, I do think Evan Ingram is going to be a matchup type play for the Giants, uh, be able to you know play inside, play tight end, play in the slot, uh, be moved all over the field to where it's going to be hard for them to sort of stick a player to them. So I, I like Evan Ingram in this matchup. I, I do think Saquon is well, is a strong start. Uh, you know, Jacksonville sort of at some points – just did not care about the run because they knew they were going to get after you, um, you know, with the passing game. Uh, and that's where they really excel. So, you know, sit, I, I think you're starting all your Giants as usual, but you're doing it with a little bit of tempered expectations. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's a, uh, it's not a, not a great week one matchup, especially for all the people that went high on Saquon Barkley. They're going to be like, unless he, you know, Explodes, but when I'm looking at some of the projections that I've seen around, um, you know, both OBJ and uh, and Barkley are definitely uh, down lower in what their projections and fantasy output will be for the week. Um, should we talk about? Uh, let's talk about the Jags. I mean, you got Fournette. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this season and and and, and get get give you all those games. I think he can. Uh, obviously, after what he did his rookie season last year uh, with that kind of a, a, a piecemeal offensive line, um, they signed uh, uh, Norwell, brought him on at guard. They got the guy Cam Robinson last year that they drafted, I think, in the second round, who was pretty awesome, um, a little bit better at the pass protection than the run. But is Fournette prime this season? Are you – are you feeling like – obviously in this game I want to hear about it, but where are you thinking uh, – Fournette sits in the pecking order uh, for this game against the Giants, but also for owners that are sitting right now on the edge of their uh, seats like, I got Fournette. Does Stag Party like this guy this year or what? Yeah, I think he's a tier two running back. He should be in the same vein as guys like Saquon and Melvin and Alvin Kamara, uh, some of whom we've talked about you know, extensively already and some we haven't. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything – you know, you really have to worry about with the Giants, um, you know, going on here. Uh, in terms of a rush defense, they do have, you know, Snacks Harrison who can stop the run uh, in certain games on his own. But, you know, you know, Fournette's ability to, you know, run in between the tackles, break that one long run uh, that just gashes the defense, gives them big upside. Um, so, you know, they've struggled against some power runners last year. Uh, you look at guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, um, Samaj P. Ryan, Marshawn Lynch. They, ha- all eat- they all had 100-yard games against this Giants defense. And I think that's well in the range of honored for net projection this weekend. Um, I'm expecting him to be very involved. If I'm looking at a pass catcher, the guy I probably most want is – you want to know how to stream tight ends as you stream tight ends against the Giants. We talked about this. Uh, you know, so ASJ looks in a great spot. They allowed 13 touchdowns to opposing tight ends last season. 
Um, so, you know, a- ASJ could be a guy who's one of the, you know, tight end twos maybe still available in your league that could come down with the score and, and push the 50 to 70 yard uh, receiving mark, provide positive value, um, and, and is a considerable DFS play uh, for that reason. Um, at, at wide receiver, that's where it becomes a little bit tougher because we don't know where Blake Bortles is going to go with the ball. Uh, that defense you know, does look to be getting a lot of players back uh, healthy uh, between Landon Collins being back fully healthy and Janoris Jenkins, uh, and that could spell some trouble for the number one wide receiver on opposing teams. Luckily, we have no fucking idea who that is for Jacksonville. Is it Keelan Cole? Is it, you know, is D.D. Westbrook going to be the guy who plays the most in the slot, or is Cole? Um, so that's where it gets sort of tough for me. So I'm probably avoiding all their wide receivers. I, I think they're at best sort of flex plays in redraft. Uh, and that makes Bortles, you know, uh, a second tier QB, a QB two, a guy in the 16 to 20 range that, you know, threw his legs and one touchdown, you know, maybe two, you know, puts up some decent points for you. But I don't know if he just has that blow up potential um, for you this week in week one. Uh, I think, you know, they did allow the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks last season, um, allowed the most. Uh, passing touchdowns to the position last year, but they just seem a little bit more cohesive this year. Uh, And and I don't think they're going to fall apart like they did uh, in previous seasons on defense. Yeah, it was, it was a weird year. The coach uh, seemed like no one liked him last year. They they, they were in disarray. The whole thing, Odell, once Odell went out, uh, kind of the wheels came off that whole thing. And like you said, Landon Collin got banged up. Um, it just it just seemed weird. So uh, good to hear that you think they're going to be a better defense because um, a lot of expectations for uh, that team. And obviously the better the defense, the, the better the game script for a guy like Barkley to do things. And, um, you know, hopefully OBJ can stay healthy himself. Let's move on to um, another game, the next one, and that's the Buccaneers at the Saints. Um, obviously, this is a game where um, everyone thinks Kamara is going to have a thousand points and uh, just might do that. I'm not sure. Is he your number one running back this week? Uh, I don't believe so. Alvin Kamara is my number three. So, Great. you know, I'll. I'll take guys like Todd Gurley and David Johnson over him this week. But, yeah, Alvin Kamara, you know, they've got Mike Gillisley listed as the number two running back on this team right now, uh, a guy who just signed uh, within the last two days. So how much of the playbook is he really going to know? Um, I don't think they're going to trust him, you know, on any of these extravagant plays. Uh, when he's in there, he's probably going to be running the rock up the middle, maybe diving into the end zone. But I would, I'd sort of bet against that even. So Alvin Kamara looks like the guy. I mean, they might mix in Boston Scott, um, you know, maybe as a pass catcher or as a change of pace runner, pass protector. But you know, Kamara looks like the guy you want this week. I don't know if they are going to be a heavy rush team this week though 
they might let Drew Brees just come out and sling it. Like, you're telling me there's not a chance this week that Drew throws for 400 yards uh, against uh, a sort of beat-up Tampa Bay secondary that's not even beat-up? They're just not all that great at this point? Um, I think you want Michael Thomas and you want Alvin Kamara in your lineup. Uh, Ben Watson, he's probably got a little bit more upside than a guy like Charles Clay we talked about. But uh, are they going to target him heavily, or is it going to flow through the receivers, flow through the passing, uh, flow through guys like even the secondary receivers and Ginn and Troyquan Smith, who people have been talking about you know, recently is being a guy who's going to break out early in a season and be one of their most impactful rookie receivers over the last couple of years. And, and, you know, hearing that after what the return they got for Michael Thomas is exciting. So if he's a guy on your waiver wire still, and, and you've got, you need that upside pick, you've got, you know, you feel like you have the safety in your wide receiver core and you need a guy who can explode. You know, add Traquan. I was going to ask you. I was going to go into those rookies, um, but you did it for me. So, good. Let's move over to uh, Buccaneers' side. Um, offensively, what are your expectations? Um, this is the highest over-under of the week um, by Vegas. So, obviously, it's almost 50 points. Um, it, it opened at 51. Now it's sitting at about 49.5. Uh, and the Saints are favored by 10. What are your thoughts on the the Tampa Bay side of the ball with uh, J- um, James Winston being out? Um, probably game script is there behind. What do you think happens to these fantasy guys this week? I mean, you've got the, the Saints at home. Um, we expect to score, you know, a good amount of points. So whenever that happens, Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of enters this fuck it, chuck it mode. And, you know, for guys like Mike Evans, uh, that's great. Um, Unfortunately, you know, as the secondary option in this pass game, they're listing both Chris Godwin and uh, Deshaun Jackson as their co-number two receiver. Uh, That gives you a little bit of worry because you just don't know where the targets are going to flow. So you can't be, you know, counting on these guys for any sort of cash game viability in DFS, but they're great GPP plays. Um, New Orleans does have, you know, a sort of lockdown corner, uh, a young one. We saw last year he played very, very well in Marshawn Lattimore. So I, I, Evans probably gets knocked a little bit for me because of it, but it still is a game. Um, that should have a high number of passing attempts. Um, and, and Evans, you know, should be in that wide receiver two category rather than a sort of locked in wide receiver one. Um, I, I think he's got that touchdown upside. And Fitzpatrick, you know, he's not going to be the sexiest pick out there, but because of, you know, some garbage time play, um, I'd rather have a quarterback that's, you know, a little bit cleaner early in the game rather than having to count on the garbage time play. But you now you could do worse if you're streaming this week. I think he, you know, it has two touchdowns with two interceptions 
in his range of outcomes. And I, I think the yardage is going to be there for him, especially with an uncertain rush game for Tampa Bay. You know, it looks like Peyton Barber's clearly the guy to own. Ronald Jones currently listed with the number threes on the depth chart. You know what that means? Not much uh, at all. But the reason it means something at all is because, you know, Jaquiz Rogers is going to be the number two back there uh, to come out on pass downs. Um, so that's something, you know, if you're absolutely desperate, uh, could be in play. But I think, you know, Peyton Barber's even going to get a lot of those pass downs himself. So, you know, I think you got to stick with Peyton Barber, and he looks, you know, pretty good. But the Saints are just going to be a tough D. And, you know, without Jameis out there to maybe even the playing field, um, it looks like the Saints, but are going to run with this, but that's what the line says. And it's currently Saints at nine and a half. Um, so it's a lot of points to give, uh, especially in week one. Let's move on to, um, you know, another one of these solid matchups that everyone's pretty, um, pretty pumped up for. Uh, and that's going to be the Houston Texans going to Foxborough and playing New England Patriots. Um, you know, you remember last year in week three, these got these two teams met, and uh, that was somewhat of uh, Deshaun Watson. He kind of looked good in the first, um, you know, game and a half that he was in uh, prior to this. But when you're seeing him do this great stuff against, um, you know, the vaunted Patriots, you're kind of like, whoa, this guy is good. Uh, Dabo knew what he was talking about when he was telling coaches they're idiots to pass on him. In that game, he had 300 yards, had two scores, and they win. Um, basically, we know how that went down. He was putting up epic numbers. Deshaun uh, went down with the ACL in week eight. Um, this is going to be his first game back. So he's playing against the Patriots, uh, going against the GOAT, best player of all time. Um, you know, just narrative street. I was reading today how uh, – um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyron Matthew, or uh, however he say his last name, was super fired up to face Brady for his first time. Uh, so the Honey Badgers pumped up for this one. This game's gonna be dope. Um, what are your expectations? I'll start with the the Titans. I mean the uh, Texans. Are you thinking that? Are you worried about Watson coming back from the injury? Are you feeling uh, he's all systems go? Um, you know, tell me about the running. Tell me, there's a lot of a lot of people that are expecting the the Texans um, to deliver a lot of fantasy points for them uh, with the Hops, um, Hopkins and obviously Lamar Miller. Um, what are your What are your thoughts for this game? Obviously, but then you know, what what can their owners expect over the coming weeks? Yeah. Uh, so Deshaun, a little bit worried about. Uh, it is Week One at coming off an ACL injury. Um, and you know, he, he did look good against the Patriots at times. He shined, he brought him back. Uh, you know, they still did lose that game. He did throw two interceptions. So it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, you know, for the Houston Texans last year, but you know, Brady, uh, in this offense are going to put up points. So, you know, the guy who has to lead the team back, is Deshaun Watson. It might not be back, but he has to lead the team. Um, 
You know, he did it as a rusher and a passer last year, had 41 yards on the ground. I don't know if you're going to get that kind of rushing, you know, agility and ability out of him early in the season. Um, And, you know, looking at the Patriots, they still like to take away your best player. So they're going to try and take away Deshaun Hop, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and they're going to scheme, you know, to take him away. They're going to, you know, they're going to put Stephon Gilmore on him. They're going to have shadow coverage probably for most of the game. Um, they are going to, you know, bracket him. They're going to keep all eyes on DeAndre Hopkins. He had seven for seventy six in their last matchup, so he was, you know, sort of held down. Um, but the Patriots look a little cleaner on defense. Um, and they've got, you know, a number of weapons there that look like they're going to be big time, you know, assets and ascending players. Uh, and the line still is in shambles, uh, for the Texans that they're one of the five worst, uh, offensive lines in the league. Uh, Lamar Miller probably doesn't scare, you know, Belichick very much. The rest of that sort of running back core, uh, you know, doesn't leave much to write a home about. What's that? You're my boy, Blue. (laughs) I mean, Alfred Blue's there, I guess. (laughs) Um, He's never been a super exciting prospect in his own right to, you know, be a home run hitter. Uh, I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I guess the guys who we're going to have to step up are the secondary pass catchers on this team. It's going to have to be guys like Ryan Griffin and Bruce Ellington, who were the guys who sort of stepped up last year and scored touchdowns. Uh, You know, Will Fuller is a guy who's going to have to step up and, you know, didn't play in that game against the Patriots last year, you know, still battling back from injury. Um, So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a little bit tougher than people think. I don't think they're going to hit the ground running, uh, hit it at full stride. Uh, But I do think Deshaun's going to come back and be a guy you want on your fantasy team. Cool. Let's let's move over to the Patriots side of this action. Um, You know, we got Edelman suspended. Um, Brady's Brady. Uh, What are you you thinking that Brady and – uh, this unclear backfield is, is Burkhead uh, playing. You know, I know he's been battling through something, practicing here and there. But are they? Are they? Is he, is he a starter this week? Um, who who makes up for the Edelman loss? Is it Hogan someone you're loving? Obviously, we know it's Gronk and Brady. You're starting those guys no matter what. Is there anyone else in this lineup that you feel comfortable rocking this week? Uh, if so, who? And if if who? Why? Um, I mean, I think you're starting Hogan. Um, I think you're starting Hogan at the rest of wide receivers. I don't really see a clear play uh, for you. Um, I think you've got to look at other guys. Beside, I think it's Gronkowski and it's Hogan, and there's not much there for you. I mean, the other guy you want to look to is, is probably James White. Uh, I think he's going to have to play a lot of you know wide receiver uh, in this matchup to get going. Um, yeah, these guys are going to be 
I think it's going to funnel a lot through Gronk and funnel a lot through James White, funnel a lot, a lot through Hogan, and then Brady's going to use his secondary receivers as needed. Who do you like this uh, along those secondary receivers while while you've got Edelman out? Who are some of the guys you like? I mean, again, I'm not saying you're starting on the flex, but like just who are you going in this game? Who you're watching to see might get a ton of snaps or get some targets? Is correct uh, Cordell Patterson someone you're excited about? Is it? Um, didn't they just sign another dude? Uh, is there anyone else that you're feeling any kind of love towards besides Gronk and potentially Hogan um, it, it, on this receiving core? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not right now. I mean, I think it's a very unclear situation for a lot of these guys. Um, you know, you've got to look at, you know, other players on this team uh, for right now. For sure. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's see what happens there. That was, that's another high over under. Uh, uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, Pyro Mo is going to be delivering to me tomorrow, uh, our Vegas vantage point, which is all about the implied point total um, and taking uh, the over-under uh, Vegas line and then the who's favored and turning it into how many points um, Vegas thinks each team is going to score. A uh, great piece of you know, knowledge or understanding or uh, a way to bear um, you know, how many points the guys that you're, you're looking um, to play in a given week and, you know, what, what they might be able to do. How many Vegas knows what the hell they're doing. Um, and when they think a team's going to score this many points, can they be wrong? Absolutely. But it's, it, it's kind of your first, uh, it's your first star, um, of how you can project some things out. And for quarterbacks, uh, when you're looking at NFL odds and using the lines and using the implied point total, um, you know, you're really looking at high over-unders to try and when you're streaming or who you're going to play in your lineup. Uh, if you are got a starting quarterback and the over-under is super low, they don't think many points are going to be scored in that one. So you're, you're, the odds that your quarterbacks are going to score some touchdowns go down. Uh, same for running backs, you know. The, the better a spread is for any, um, in any team and the running back going in, it is uh, going to help out the, the running situation and the game script for a running back because uh, they probably – Vegas feels like that team's going to get a lead on it. And then the team's going to be able to sit on it and run the clock and run the ball out of it. So these, uh, these Vegas elements, I think, are, 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 pretty, are pretty big. And uh, I like the, uh, that Pyromaniac Mo puts this piece out. It's something that I look at a lot. I'm not a huge DFS guy, but it helps there. But in general, I'm in very deep bench leagues. Uh, one of my leagues, we just took down, we finally took it down from 24 to 22. But you got a lot of great guys um, and, that you can choose from. So sometimes you gotta you gotta zig when uh, when, when when you think you should zag, and uh, and that that implied point total in Vegas can really help you do so. Another way that it really helps is also in smaller leagues. If you're in like an eight league, eight team league. Uh, type of thing, and you've got a, a lot of bench and a lot of great kind of high impact players to um, check out these kind of uh, NFL Vegas odds and lines and all that sort of stuff. All right, 
That's, I'm done giving you strategery. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the next game. But before we do that, how about you do us a favor and listen to this? All right, we got the Niners at the Vikings. This game had uh, just a whole bunch of great little matchups and things that still does have some, but, um, you know, the storyline was that uh, when Shanahan left for uh, San Francisco that he was going to be bringing Kirk Cousins with him this year, this offseason, when finally Washington gave up on him and didn't franchise him again. Uh, we know that he went after Jimmy G uh, mid last season, and we know how that turned out. So he's probably pretty happy that he's got Jimmy G, but in some ways, um, thinks he might have his original plan. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this game he'll be looking on the other side and seeing Kirk Cousins winging the ball around uh, to Vikings players while Jimmy G struggles in his first game. Like ah, I knew it. Um, but exciting stuff. Cousins, new team. Basically, I'd say the Vikings. I don't know the numbers. I'm not going to look at the. I'm not looking at the Vegas uh, lines on this one. But one of the top five teams that people think has got a Super Bowl aspirations. Um, big part of that being, you know, Cousins. They were already there last year, even with Keenum. Um, what do you think happens in uh, in this game? There's a lot of kind of question marks with McKinnon's injury and going down. I'll let you kind of just run with it. A, a question, I guess, I'll ask starting with the visiting team. 49ers, Matt Breida, number one on the depth chart, announced uh, today or yesterday. Everyone kind of was drafting Alfred Morris pretty high. Where it is, he doesn't know the playbook. Makes sense. He just got there. Uh, Give the guy a little bit of time. But let's just start in that backfield for the 49ers. McKinnon out, which sucks. He doesn't get a shot to go. uh, He came from the Vikings, so this would have been a great game for him to stick it to his old team. Uh, what, what's your th- what's your thoughts on the 49er backfield? I mean, I do think Alfred Morris is going to be a guy that you want in the standard leagues. Uh, I mean, we know he's not much of a pass catcher, but uh, he's going to be the guy that they trust late in games to grind it out. I think he's a better runner than Matt Breda. So he's going to be the guy you want. Uh, everybody talks about Breda's pass catching chops like he was overly special in that area. But he was, you know, basically one of the worst pass catching running backs um, of last year. Uh, and you look at his college profile; it doesn't suggest that he's going to be uh, a barn burner in that area. So now, you know, Forty Nine are hopeful. They're sitting out here talking, "Hey, can we trade for Le'Veon Bell? Can we can we make something happen here?" And uh, I, I think Shanahan's going to try and get by with his guys because that's what. Uh, he's always sort of done. I do think in the long run, in standard leagues, Alfred Morris is the guy to own. Uh, I, I would give a slight bump uh, to Matt Breida in PPR uh, to where he's the own over Alfred Morris, but it's not uh, as big of a gap as people are making it out to be, in my opinion. So that that's my overall feelings on the running back core. But I really think this is maybe a boost for Jimmy G. He's going to have to throw the ball more. Uh, and that makes it a boost um, for sort of all his short area pass catchers. You know, guys like George Kittle and Pierre Garçon, uh, they're going to see more targets. 
Uh, hopefully a guy like Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis can really step up in their first and second years uh, and, and provide an impact because this is a team without you know great playmakers and they remain you know pretty stagnant from last year and they're just expecting Jimmy G to be the guy to lead them to the promised land. Yeah, he kind of was able to do that with the. I, I agree with you. I think, well, uh, you know, Marquise Good, Goodwin, it, 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 he he's got he, he he's a, he's an explosive dude. But I agree with you that the the weaponry, even with McKinnon, I mean, let's be honest, McKinnon was like that that uh, X factor for him was was below par. So and he was able to do it because I think maybe coming from that Tom Brady mold and that. Patriots just get it to the guy that's open. It, it, maybe, maybe that's just better for him than if they had Des Bryant or some guy that needs to get fed. Maybe this, it, maybe that's like why Jimmy G was so successful last year. But I completely agree with what you say. Um, and Pettis, I, I think he's going to have a hard time. I think they drafted him to be a special teams guy, um, and pretty much, I think he's hurt as well. I think he's been pretty banged up most of the. Uh, preseason um so yeah i don't know i mean garcon you know i was super high as were you super high on him uh you know a year ago heading into drafts and he didn't disappoint but then his age caught up to him and he was injured and and out in a, in a blink of an eye and now the expectations that marquise goodwin's going to be some season-long stud that you can rely on where other than last year and maybe two games um, other than that in his career with Buffalo, um, he was really able to do much of anything. So you're kind of relying on a un, unproven commodity. Um, he's electric, but uh, I just don't see him being a hundred target guy. Uh, so we'll see. I agree. I agree with everything you say. Jimmy G it's a lot of riding on his shoulders and, um, a lot of unknowns. Let's move over to the other side. Uh, Kittle, anything? Do you love for Kittle? I mean, I like Kittle a lot. I think he's going to be very involved in this offense. He might be their he might be their like number one guy, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got the athleticism to do that, but he's never really like shown out um, for a full season in college. Or you know, Houdini could tell you that in the past game at Iowa. He he's, was just another piece. He wasn't a guy that stood on everybody's shoulders and really elevated the pass game. Um, so he, he needs a, some work in that area and needs to show me that first. But as a tight back end, you know, tight end one, tight end two streamer, um, yeah, definitely in consideration. And, you know, against Minnesota, he's probably not the best start. Um, I, I'd look other places but I, I think it's better than trying to start like Pierre Garcon uh, against, you know, probably Z. Um, ah, fuck me. This is oh. not good. What's wrong? Nothing. I can't. Bro. Xavier Rhodes. I can't put names and faces together right now. Um, my world, buddy. Welcome to my world. It's not good. Um, so... Yeah, I don't think you want to start Pierre Garçon against Xavier Rhodes. You'd much rather be looking at, um, you know, Kittle. But 
the Vikings allowed the fewest points to tight ends last season, and they've got a deep core of linebackers and safeties that can really cover the position. Um, so that's basically the reason I'm not all that high on Jimmy G this week. I think uh, if you drafted him, you could find other starters to go over him. I think this is this game is going to be very interesting. I think for both sides of just everything, and it's week one. You can't hit the panic button or whatever. But there are teams that I just don't really have my finger on the pulse of, and I'm a Niners fan. Um, but right now, I, I don't really know what to expect. I don't know how Shanahan's going to play this. I don't know what their mo is going to be, and I, I feel the same way about the Vikings. And we'll flip over to that side. Cook, coming off a serious injury, obviously looks great. I think he's going to have a great career, but he's another dude where, who knows, their offensive line uh, better, but no one's thinking it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, you got Cousins, growing pains, or just a new offensive court. There's just so many things there. And when that happens, I think the 49ers have a luxury, a little bit more of like, hey, we got time here. We don't think we're winning the Super Bowl this year. We're, we're excited about the way the year, the year ended last year. We sold a bunch of tickets this offseason where Levi Field, before Jimmy G got there, was literally like they sold like season ticket tokens, kind of like caddy tokens. Believe me, I had a number of people that bought them when they came out. When I, I lived in San Francisco for years, I've got a lot of dot-comer friends. Everyone was trying to sell theirs. Jimmy G comes there and wins those five games. Like, oh, yeah, sweet. Can't wait. I'm a Niner fan through and through. You know, it's been tough for the Niners with the, uh, with the Golden State Warriors being what they are and moving that stadium right into San Francisco, believe me. But Jimmy G saved that for them. And I, 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 I'm, I'm pumped to see what's going to happen there. But I'm also, like you, like you like to say, temper your expectations. Cousins, Vikings. What are your thoughts? Let's go on. Let's go. Cousins, start with the quarterback, then tell me what you think on with Cook, and then let's go to that uh, that wide receiver crew where a lot of people now think Diggs is the number one after Thielen was the number one last year. Yeah, I think it's going to vary from game to game between um, Diggs and Thielen. And the guy who dominates slot work is going to get a, a lot of play there. Um, he's gonna probably gonna be the most active, but I think you should start Cousins. I think you should start Diggs. I think you should start Thielen. I think you should start Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I think you should start Cook. This is a great game um, for the Vikings offense. The 49ers defense allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks last year. Um, you know that's an that's a defense that's just still young and trying to gel. Uh, and it doesn't look like they have a lot of talent in the secondary. So, you know, the the 49ers previous to sort of Jimmy G uh, getting involved in, in the offense on defense were also bad against opposing running backs. Um, they, they allowed 159 to dead Adrian Peterson last year. So uh, if they can get up, I, I do think Cook's going to be involved, but – if they get up early um, and their defense is, you know, playing well, that means Latavius Murray's going to get a lot of work and they're going to take it easy on Cook. And I do think uh, against the 49ers uh, that it might happen. So, you know, Dalvin Cook's more of an RV2 for me this week. Um, and I'm sure his, 
know, draft stock is going to make people play him, but I'm not saying to sit him, but it, it's close to consideration for me, uh, depending on other options, you know? Cool. I completely agree with you. There's, there's, there's a lot. You just named them. You said everyone. Cousins, Cook, Diggs, Thielen, and uh, Kyle Rudolph. I can't. There's not. A, there's not that many teams where you can stay. There are five guys that were drafted top five, six rounds, and they're one of them. Um, maybe maybe Rudolph slipped a little bit just because he's a tight end. But he was a t- he's a top five tight end in drafts. Um, they're they're stacked, so it's gonna be exciting to see them. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like I'm excited to see the Vikings. How does this how does this work out? See, we we used to talk about when Dog was on the show, so many mouths to feed, and that helps Cousins, which obviously obviously it does. But it's a change, you know. It's it's, it's a new frontier for them. They're like how do they really keep this going? It's exciting for the NFL viability of them, their chance to be a go deep into the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team. But as an owner of Diggs, when you slot him in or Thielen or whatever, based on game script, you, you're going to be like, ah, shit, wasn't my wasn't one of my top pick guys weeks. So let's move on to the um, next little uh, game, and that's going to be the Diggs at the Dolphins. But before we do that, do me a favor and let's listen to this. All right, the Titans are going down to Miami. Um, God, jeez. Titans, they're hard to predict as well, man. I feel like they're very Niner-esque. I, I think they've got a, so, a lot of great pieces. and But again, new coaching staff, new system. Has Mariota really shined the way that maybe you and I thought he would? Corey Davis, a lot of question marks. Um, Delaney Walker not getting any younger. Not that I'm, he's that guy I'm worried about the least. Their backfield's murky. You love Deion Lewis. I, I don't even love Derrick Henry. I just have to love him because he's a keeper for me. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot that needs to happen on this offense. Talk to me about that. Obviously, you know, let's focus on this game, but while doing that, how does this play out? I mean, talking about the backfield. They allowed the ninth most fantasy points to opposing running backs last year in the standard leagues. Deion Lewis, um, you know, late in the season uh, or in week 12, rushed 15 times for 112 yards uh, against this Miami defense. So, you know, if he's only getting 12 to 15 touches, I think this is a team that he could break gains on because they've got no, no, no more than Dominic and Sue. Uh, their linebacking cores, you know, not that great. So I, I look for a big run game from both of these guys. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry had just four attempts in their week five uh, tilt last year, but I, I see that flipping the other way. I, I think Derrick Henry is going to be heavily involved. Um, I'm just not sure how good Miami is on offense right now. And that, you know, I think they're only slight favorites in this game. But I think you know the, the if you look if you line up the talent of these two teams side by side, Tennessee's clearly the more uh, talented team. I hope that they're now the better coach team. Uh, that's just something we're gonna have to see on the field. 
But I bet both of these running backs are heavily involved in the run game. Um, um, and, you know, from the pass catchers, Delaney Walker, you know, if he was healthy, he'd be like a smash tight end play DFS, you know, GPPs and cash game. But that little bit of lingering injury from the preseason, you know, gives you a little bit of worry uh, heading into this game. But, you know, overall, um, Tennessee t- targeted their tight ends on 31% of plays last year, and the Dolphins allowed receptions to tight ends on 27% of plays last year. Uh, they look like they stepped up, added some corners. Uh, their corners have progressed, so I think that might be the strength of their defense in Miami. But, you know, s- other secondary players, the linebackers, the safeties, uh, in coverage look like they could struggle, but they did add Minka Fitzpatrick there. They expect him to be sort of a cover uh, matchup nightmare, to put him on tight ends, use him on backs, use him as a nickel linebacker. So maybe he improves them, but he's still a rookie. Um, so if I've got Delaney in season long, if he's healthy uh, and he's in the lineup, I'm slotting him in. And then Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, I think they're both probably top 24 running backs this weekend. Uh, the receivers, I think that's where I'm going to have to wait and see on. Um, I, if I have to start one, I'm going to start Corey Davis after we saw what he did in the playoff game. Uh, and then I think it's going to be a little bit of time for Rashard Matthews to get back up to full speed, you know, after missing most of training camp with a knee injury. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to start Taewon Taylor or him. So I think it's Delaney, the running backs, and if I need a wide receiver, it's Corey Davis. Next question. Uh, this is just more of like Bears fan shit. Sorry, I'll make it quick. But we took uh, Raquan Smith over Minka Fitzpatrick last year, right? Yes. Now that we have Mac, are you sure, you know, hindsight's 20-20, 50-50, whatever the fuck. Um, do you wish we had taken Minka, or are you just super psyched to have that linebacker crew with east and west, north and south? No, I'm excited to have a you know what looks like a full linebacker crew, sort of in a three-four. Remember, Khalil Mack's getting paid to rush the passer. Yeah. He's not getting paid to uh, roam sideline to sideline, rack up tackles, <laughs> you know, smack dudes in the head when they come across the middle. That's what they're paying Roquan for. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be a great pair. Um, I, I saw this shirt on online today. I don't even remember who it's from at this point. But it was the Bruise Brothers uh, <laughs> using the Bruise Brothers uh, sort of mantra. That I, I thought it was hilarious. I got to check back and find out where that was from. That's awesome. All right. Um Cool. I love uh, I love the input. You're, I know you're a Mariota guy. You know I am too. Probably vis-a-vis you. Um, with Vrabel being there and being more of a hard-nosed guy, a linebacker himself, uh, a dude that probably won his Super Bowls more so from, um, you know, smash mouth football. Um, are you worried about Mariota's uh, throwing attempts? Are you – or do you think he's going to play a modern-style offense? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be modern style. I think it's going to be a lot more like you played in Oregon. There's going to be a lot of RPOs and um, 
zone reads for him to run. And I, I think they're going to uh, let him use his legs a little bit more. So that gives me, yeah, that gives me a lot of hope for his fantasy upside. Cool. I love it. Um, all right, let's move over to the Dolphins quickly. Obviously, they lose Landry. Um, they get rid of Folk. I mean, not Folk. Um, they, they've got uh, Kalen uh, Drake. I'm sorry. Um, they bring yeah. in. They bring in. Uh, I'm spacing names now. Yeah, they bring bring in Gore. A lot of a lot of new faces. A lot of departures. A lot of same faces that are injured like they always are in Devontae Parker, um, you know, and, and, and their main their main cog in, in Tannehill coming off a major injury. They didn't replace him. Is this the worst offense in fantasy football? I don't know if it's going to end up being the worst offense, but it's probably one, you know, I want very little to do with. I have sort of – started to buy into Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, I think he's going to be very involved, but their whole naming Gore or Kenyon Drake, their first team running back this week, uh, is just here to piss me off. Uh, so, I, I I mean, I think you know what you're going to get from Gore, and, and when you need some reliability on the field, when everything else just is not going right, he's going to be the guy. But when you need explosive plays, and that's what Miami really needs, they don't have anybody who's, you know, a, a great lid lifter outside of Kenny Stills. But they don't have anybody who, with the ball in their hands, can make things happen. Uh, I think that's going to be something that Kenyon Drake is asked to do, whether in the receiving game or as a rusher. They're going to ask him to be heavily involved. Um, then, you know, I don't think you're going to see Devontae Parker uh, this week or anytime soon, but that just gives way to Albert Wilson, who's another guy who can make things happen with the ball in his play, with with the ball in his hands. Uh, Danny Amendola, another guy, short area target, who's going to be reliable, uh, pick up first downs, and be there for your quarterback. So, you know, overall, without Parker there, I sort of like this offense a little bit better. Um, cause I think they are going to, you know, move the football. Um, I, I think they're going to be an efficient, you know, offense that's just able to move, uh, because of the players they have on the field, uh, more so than anything. What are your expectations for, uh, the rookie tight end, Kisiki? Uh, I think he's going to end up catching, you know, 50 or so passes just because they have nothing else at that tight end position. They're going to need his sort of uh, field stretch vertical threat from the tight end position uh, to be an impact player because they don't have anything else like that. Uh, And, you know, with, you know, what they wanted sort of Julius Thomas to be in the last couple of years that it it just never materialized for them. So uh, I think Gase is going to know that what he wants a little bit more now. Hats off to uh, Thomas for, you know, retiring from the NFL, but saying that he's going to try and learn about, um, you know, the head trauma and CTE and figure out what's going on and killing people that are playing the game that he's been a part of. Um, I think that's a great story to keep your eye on. I I love seeing stuff like that. Um, Let's move on to the next game and go 
And it's going to be the second to the last of the early games. Bengals, who I think should be much improved, at the Colts, who obviously will be much improved with uh, Andrew Luck back in there. We'll start with the Bengals. Um, they're underdogs right now. Um, this week, they're they're open as a, a, a tight underdog to the Colts. Um, what are your expectations from the Bengals side of the ball? Um, they're uh, it's supposed to be a 40, 47 over under. It's going upwards. Um, what are your thoughts on? Um, looks like a, they're thinking it might be a rainy, mucky game in. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Indiana, Indianapolis is inside. Uh, what are your thoughts with the Bengals? <laughs> the Bengals. I think what we saw from them this preseason is giving you a little bit of hope. This is a team that finished thirty second in offense last year. And it just so happens to be taking on the team that finished second to last in the Indianapolis Colts. Um, So while this game doesn't look great on paper, each of these teams, you know, looks a little bit better. One gets Andrew Luck back and the other, uh, you know, had a year to sort of retool their offensive line, work on scheme issues. Remember that playing fast isn't a bad thing. Get Tyler Eifert healthy, who's one of the best red zone players in the league. So, you know, getting everybody back and healthy was giant for the Bengals. Um, Even another year removed from his ACL injury, Gio Bernard, he's going to be a little bit more explosive uh, this offseason. Or this, excuse me. So that's all great things for this offense. Um, You know, John Ross looks to be integrated a little bit more now. Tyler Boyd looks to have taken a step forward. So now they've got depth and they've got younger players and they've got a little bit of excitement in the past game. And that's great for Andy Dalton because we know who he is. But, you know, Dalton going up against this past defense is a great stream this week. He looks, uh, I think I've got him as a top 10 to 12 quarterback as of right now. Um, And I, if you're desperate or we talked about one of these guys in a tough matchup earlier in the show, you know, Dalton's a guy you could look to on your waiver wires, potentially an ad for this game. Um, you know, with luck back, it's either going to be a shootout or, you know, potentially this defense just isn't that good. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces on defense that are question marks, especially how are they going to get to the quarterback? Um, I don't know if they have any pass rush to speak of. And when you talk about the Bengals, their main problem on offense has been that offensive line. But I don't think it's something you really have to worry about here. So, you know, A.J. Green against the corners of Indianapolis looks like a great play. John Ross in, you know, desperation flex or GPP-style lineups um, in DFS looks to be an option. Uh, Tyler Boyd across the middle uh, could be a guy who gives you some – you know, low end points. Um, Eifert, you know, as long as Eifert's healthy and in the game, I think you've got to reach out for a tight end 10 to 12 as this guy has just been consistent when on the field. Um, You know, he seems to put up fantasy points and that's just hard to write off when you're either looking for a streamer on the waiver wire potentially, or a, a guy with some touchdown upside. Um, so I think you want to be all over the Bengals offense. Love it. Um, all right, let's go to, uh, Jordan Wilkins carrying the load. Looks like Marlon Mack will not be, uh, available week one. 
Um, we saw Naeem uh, fumbling out the wazoo. Uh, rookie Wilkins out of uh, Southern Miss. What are your expectations yes. for him? And then let's uh, let's talk some luck, uh, Ty, and all that good action. Jordan Wilkins isn't a small school prospect, man. Jordan Wilkins is a big time SEC prospect from Ole Miss. Uh, this is a guy, you know, if you you're looking for a white lever wire stash right now, he's a guy you want to add um, because. You know, right now you've got no Marlon Mack. Uh, we've seen Christine Michael fumble and fumble with opportunities time after time. You know, Robert Turbin's here suspended for the first um, couple games of the season. You know, in his college career, he rushed for 1,700 yards, but he did it at 6.4 yards per carry in the SEC. Um, you know, he's an adequate pass catcher. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for a cheap starter who might be there on your waiver wire, this is a guy you have to add because, you know, who knows what happens. Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. The Colts offensive line's a little bit improved. You know, they spent, you know, their highest overall pick uh, on Quentin Nelson out of the Notre Dame. So that they've looked to short that up. They've spent premium draft picks along that offensive line. You know, getting Andrew Luck back uh, – you know, could be a big boost for their offense as a whole. And they, this guy is a guy you have to look out for. Um, you know, so it's hard to dislike um, his prospects. Uh, I don't know if he's, they're ever going to find a world beater at the running back position. But right now they just need someone, you know, above average because they haven't gotten, you know, anything above average in the last couple seasons. It's been Average to say the least. Right. All right. I agree. Let's. What about? Uh, let me do a quick uh, end all IPA Salomo Brewery in Naperville, Illinois. Valverde. What do you think about luck? What's your thoughts on Ty? Who else can can they? Ebron now in the mix with Doyle. Can this offense sustain? Two tight end, like it kind of was able to with uh, Dwayne Allen and um, that other ugly fucker from Stanford, uh, free cleaner, uh, a few years ago. Can they, can that happen? Give me give me the lowdown, quick and dirty on on that and your expectations in this game, and you know a little bit for the season without seeing them all together. Yeah. Um- Till Hilton, you're playing till you're not uh, at home against Cincinnati. I think you gotta line him up, but he should have a tough quarter matchup in William Jackson, uh, who really showed some things last year. And the Bengals just always seem to have a diverse number of corners um, that can do a lot of different things and really jam you up. Um, so when I look at it uh, from the Colts' side, I do want to be on these tight ends. Uh, they threw 34% of their passes to tight ends last season. The Bengals allowed receptions on 24 or 25% of their plays to tight ends last season. Um, the one you got to start right now is sort of Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron's going to be, you know, Jack Doyle's the guy who's going to play a ton of snaps. Iran's going to be the guy who comes in in two tight end sets uh, and they use him as a move wide receiver. 
And he'll play a bunch of different roles that Jack Doyle wouldn't, and maybe they are end up being more valuable. But if you ask me for week one, like Andrew Luck apparently loves Jack Doyle. So I'm going to go a little bit of narrative on that one and you know, play with the guy that this guy just likes throwing the ball to. Love the one you're with. What yeah. Any other wide receivers? Uh, Ryan Grants, think he's got any anything going for him this year? Any other wide receivers post uh, past tight tight T.Y. Hilton that uh, you, you, you think? I mean, that's well, a week quite it, yet that you're keeping an eye on. I mean, it's going to be a wait and see spot for me. But I mean, Ryan Grant seems like the favorite to be the number two wide receiver. Uh, I've really got to wait and see uh, from someone else. Agreed. All right, let's move on to the next game. Before we do that, let's take a listen to this. All right, Steelers at Browns. Last of the apt early games. Um, oof, wow, lots to be talked about here. Quickly, um, as someone who drafted Le'Veon Bell a couple nights ago, um, What's the news hasn't been great the past couple days. He shows up to practice tomorrow and everything's good. We're back in, we're back in top, uh, worth the top pick or is this going to linger? And uh, the team kind of wants to play. Fuck you. I mean, I think it's going to linger at this point. I don't know if he wants to go out there and risk injury. And we've seen it from these offensive skill players before to where they sit out. Um, you know, maybe they'll come back. I don't know how long it's going to be. The worst case scenario is he's probably back for you week 10, right? Like he's going to do everything he can to still accrue his um, season full of uh, his season accrual uh, for free agency. He's going to do everything he has to, to get to free agency. I just don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be in a month or in two months, it's a lot of uncertainty to me, and that's sort of why I always had him a little bit. I always had him as the fourth, you know, running back in my rankings, just because, you know, when he's out there, he's so dominant. He gets so many touches, but, you know, a slow start last season, um, you know, against the same Cleveland Browns defense, that scares me, even if he plays this week. Uh, that he's just not going to be fully up to speed, having not been in training camp, having not gotten that conditioning down. He played his fewest snaps uh, of any game last season in week one, uh, had his fewest touches of any game last season in week one. And he's just not a guy who's been there for you a lot early in the season. But I do think you'll see him personally, in my opinion, in the first you know month of the season. God damn you, Le'Veon. Uh, what if he gets traded? Can he get traded? Yeah, he can get traded. Like, God, he's going to get traded to some shit box. I mean, I don't think he can get traded right the second he would have to sign his franchise tender first. Yeah, of course. But then, yeah. But then they'd just be like, hey, uh, we'll trade you to this team. You sign your tender. And then you can talk yeah, about it. Your tender. We're going to get two first. Probably can't even get that, but just thinking that. Somebody gives up two first for that guy. You know, we talk about sort of the replaceability of runners, and while very few people could do what Le'Veon Bell can do, uh, there's a reason committees sort of rule backfields right now. Oh, 
All right. Well, on the show last week with Wheeler, you guys talked about play a tight end against the Browns. Um, are the Browns that same Browns team? Is Vance McDonald uh, a guy that you like as a good matchup this week? Or if it's not Vance McDonald, it's James, whatever his name is. Uh, Jesse, uh, great. Um, what are your thoughts on, just quickly, I'm just going to rifle off a couple questions. Is Vance a guy that you're streaming or playing? Is he a guy that you would draft or want people to have on your team or wait and see? Yeah, I mean, Vance McDonald's been banged up all preseason. He might end up, uh, you know, as of earlier today, Vance is expected to practice this week, but what does that mean? Uh, earlier in the offseason, they expected him to be very involved uh, in the offense, but, you know, a guy who hasn't really practiced all preseason, and when you've got Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington at wide receiver, it might not be worth it to push throws to the tight end position. And Jesse James is a guy who can play 100% of the snaps and catch what throw catch what is thrown to him and pick up first downs. But I don't think you want anything to do with that. Um, I don't think you want to decide which guy is going to be the guy uh, personally in, in a regular league. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think you, you're more likely to play the wide receivers. So the Browns drafted with that fourth pick, uh, Denzel Ward from Ohio State. Um, is he going to play against Juju, or is he going to play against Brown? Does it not matter? I mean, the, all the off, out defensive moves they've made, had so many draft picks over the last few years. Are these are they are they moving up in, in competability with uh, Steelers offense? Would you love to see a ward on Brown and just be welcome to the big leagues? Or I, I don't think they're going to wait to. Sh- they're not going to try and shadow him. You know, um, they did add Denzel Ward. They added EJ Gaines, so their tight end or their cornerback group looks a little bit deeper. But going up against Juju James Washington and Antonio Brown is just too tough a task for me. Uh, you do get the bonus of, I guess. If you're the Browns, you get the bonus of having um, Ben Roethlisberger on the road. Uh, and that's your sort of saving grace is he's never, you know, been the same player on the road over the last couple of years. But there has been some, you know, Twitter splits going around that maybe that had a lot to do with Haley because, um, you know, they like to – when they're on the road, they like to run a little bit more, and they like to go a little bit more conservative out of the gate. Maybe that's not the case with Randy Fitchner, and they, get, you know, they go a little bit of you know spread offense, get the ball out, get to those wide receivers, let them make plays. Um, but I think you know you're starting Juju, you're starting Antonio Brown. Um, Bell's going to be a question mark. Let's let's pretend Bell's out because if he is. Then you're looking at James Conner. James Conner saw a ton of work in the preseason, uh, and they used him like a workhorse. So if Le'Veon Bell's out, I think James Conner's a guy who needs to be in lineups this week. Uh, He's going to catch passes. He's going to move the chains. And while Cleveland looks tough, um, 
against running backs last year and they didn't allow the number of rush yards that they'd allowed in previous seasons. You know, they did trade Danny Shelton to the Patriots. Um, We don't really know uh, if if they're going to be such a stout run team. And even then, they they did slow down after week eight and allowed a few hundred-yard rushers to guys like Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, uh, and allowed Stephen Ridley to rush for 80 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown in Week 17. Let's talk about the Browns' offense. Um, we know the tie guys starting Week One. A lot of guys in that backfield. I feel like I like the eye test on all of them, to be honest. Um, Chubb, Johnson, and Hyde looked amazing. Um, let's start there, and then, you know, afterwards, uh, it bounced to the wide receivers. Where, wow, fuck, they got a ton of talent there as well, and they got a great second-year tight end. Let's see, tell me what you're thinking in this matchup, and if there's anything that's new and improved and standout-ish for you from, um, you know, just, again, it's just an armory of offensive onslaught that the Browns have. It's just like it's nothing that I can ever remember the Browns having in fantasy football. Yeah, so the Browns look like a great team, and they just made so many moves during the offseason. We don't really know how the pecking order is going to shake out, and the team released their you know, unofficial depth chart for week one, and Josh Gordon is listed behind Antonio Callaway as you know, their wide receiver two behind Jarvis Landry. So you know, what's up with that? What's happening with Josh Gordon? Everybody wants to know. Um that's just something you're going to have to monitor up until game time. Um, unfortunately, we don't know if he'll end up being, you know, maybe inactive for week one. Um, and that could be a major player because this is a game. This was a three o'clock, right? We, nope. It's the last one o'clock game. Okay. Well, you, you'll still have your bevy of options to choose from um, in terms of, you know, finding another wide receiver should Josh Gordon be a surprise inactive. And if he is a surprise inactive, is it even a surprise anymore? Um, but I, I think you could start, you know, Jarvis Landry at, uh, and Joku. You know, he's sort of got the wide range of outcomes. He could be the dominant player that he was in the preseason, toasting secondaries, Um and, you know, looking at the Steelers, their linebacking core and safety core isn't the same, you know, with the loss of Shazier. That's going to be a major impact. And you saw that late in the season where they weren't as good of a defense without him. So now you're looking at, you know, maybe Njoku can get free. Um, but I think if Josh Gordon plays, you start him. And, you know, Jarvis, I think you're starting, especially in PPR. And Joku's you know, right around a tight end one or tight end two. So depending on how you drafted, you're probably looking his way. But it this is going to be an offense that we really need to see how it shakes out. Chubb, um, Chubb is the probably odd man out in the backfield right now. He's currently listed as the third team running back. You know, Carlos Hyde's the starter. So, you know, I, I'm expecting Hyde to get a good amount of work in this game. That offensive line looks good. I think they're going to try and run the ball 
uh, early in the season. And I think, you know, running with Hyde from the shotgun with Tyrod Taylor, that's going to give him a lot of open space to work. Uh, we saw Hyde with Kaepernick and Hyde from the shotgun. He's been a, you know, a very effective runner out of the backfield in those situations. So that's, um, that's something, um, you know, you're looking out for. And I don't know how Duke Johnson's going to be uh, involved in the game. That's something I'm really need to shake out. But uh, get traded. I think I think trade. I think they're they're not going to keep all three of those guys. I think they're going to trade one of these running backs. I really do. Maybe, but which one? Chubb, <laughs> Chubb or Johnson? Probably Johnson. I mean, he just got the new deal, though. I know, I know. You're getting, they overpaid him, but someone's going to be like, you know what? We need a guy like this. I don't. I, maybe I'm wrong, but somebody's got to get traded from that. They can't. They can't house this 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 depth. Regardless, we move on in that game. Let's go to the Chiefs. Are going down to L.A. to uh, play the Chargers. It's the first of the afternoon games. We'll start with the Chiefs. Um, obviously, new situation. Um, I, I, I posted around the interwebs today. After a couple drafts this weekend, I am a full-blown flaming Mahomo. I love the guy. I'm willing to take a risk on that dude. He's going to have some Dudleys. Uh, he's going to have some growing pains, and it's going to hurt and give you a couple of, of dog games out there. But what I see on the flip side, the leagues that I'm in, where you get some explosion points for the long touchdowns, I just think his gunslinger aspect always can pays off and um, just uh, let's, let's talk about our third or fourth team with just a uh, just ridiculous amount of weaponry uh, probably it's the best weaponry I'd say in the league I'd love to hear someone if you think there's a, a team that's got more of it maybe the Rams I don't know but um, I'm, I'm still going to go with um, the Chiefs here I'm all in on Mahomes. tell me about what you think on this game Against the Chargers, who are obviously another, surprisingly enough, I don't think the Chiefs are a, a Super Bowl caliber team, but people cer- certainly think the Chargers have enough to get it done and go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to struggle in this game. The Chargers look to be one of the most well-rounded teams uh, in the NFL, offensively and defensively, they just always sort of struggle in the little areas, you know, on special teams, putting it together. Um, and that's something that's scary when you play a, a team with Tyreek Hill, you know, returning punts and kicks for you because that's a guy who could flip the field in a hurry. But uh, the Chargers, where they struggled last year, they they were bad uh, against running backs, especially down the stretch. Uh, they can be run on. Uh, now, you know, they've got guys banged up in that defense. Uh, you know, a lot of them returned today in Bosa. Even Tyrell Williams returned today. Uh, but, you know, Kareem Hunt toasted these guys last year. In week three, he had 17 carries for 172 yards. Uh, and then in week 15, he had 155 yards on 24 carries and caught seven passes for 51 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, after seeing that sort of production from Kareem Hunt against these guys, I don't think you could, you know, sit him. So you're starting him. Um, Sammy Watkins 
is a wild card. He's got a pretty big range of outcomes in, in his sort of repertoire this week. He could be, uh, you know, a top wide receiver, or he could could be, you know, a wide receiver five. So I'm probably playing it safe, benching him against Casey Hayward, uh, likely uh, as a shadow option uh, this week. Um, but the Chargers, you know, they've got a wide array of corners. You know, Desmond King, and now they've added uh, defensive backs to that, to where, you know, you've got Derwin James at safety. So they are a scary team when you look at them on the board. But uh, I, I don't think you could sit Tyree Kill. Um, and then you look at their linebacker core, Maybe Derwin James, you know, helps with that in nickel packages uh, and such. But, you know, the Chargers were tough against tight ends as well, allowing the six fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends last year and allowing just three scores to the opposing tight ends. Um, And, like, when you look at it on paper, they don't seem to match up well. But, you know, they did get – they did – the Chargers held. I'm excited to see how this new, this new coming with uh, Mahomes, how they how they use Kelsey and how he how much he's willing to force it into him. And I, I'm I'm super excited. For me, I don't even have for the first time in my life. I feel like I had Kelsey on every team since he came to the league. Just he got drafted too early for me this year, and he was the last pick. In, he was the last pick in the second round in my big money league. I was like, "Whoa, um, Kelsey was." But I'm excited. Yeah. I love the guy. I love the dude, and I love him with Mahomes. So I'm excited to see how Mahomes and him work together, and how this whole offense kind of gels. I just think a lot of a lot of great action there. Should we go over to the um, Chargers side of the offense? Yeah, I mean, the biggest news with the Chargers, they get Tyrell Williams back from injury. They get Antonio Gates to sign a deal. So now you look at their tight end prospects, and they immediately look rosier than they did with just Virgil Green atop the roster. Uh, well, you know, uh, Gates might not have the long speed anymore. He's still going to be a threat in the red zone. And, you know, Rivers loves the guy, so... Uh, it's hard to write him off completely from being a borderline top 10 to top, you know, maybe 15 option at the tight end position because of, you know, touchdown viability. He might be a guy who's used only in the red zone and catches six to eight touchdowns and has a Jimmy Graham light season from last year. Uh, you know, the rest of the weapons, Keenan Allen, lock him in. Um Every week right now, he's the main cog in the offense. Uh, against this Kansas City team, if you want to play Tyrell Williams coming off an injury, it's hard to disagree. Kansas City, you know, what they – how they sort of reshaped their defense is going to be a big question mark. And even, you know, last season, they allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in um, – you know, Keenan Allen had, had a game of five for 61 against them and then five for 54. So while that doesn't look rosy, uh, you know, their corners have been through a major, major sort of 
rework. What do you think about Mike Williams? Or I, mean, I know you, we've always liked Tyreek Williams. Uh, obviously, Keenan's a top wide receiver. Williams, top 10 pick last year, back injury, got in there before any of us thought so, but didn't do much. Um, is he a breakout dude this year? Is he a guy that you're, um, you know, again, people think this is a team that can fucking potentially win the Super Bowl. Uh, it seems like a guy like Williams is going to have to really shine to help that happen. And Allen's going to have to stay healthy. Yeah, uh, Mike Williams is going to have a big opportunity because he is a, you know, go up and get it guy. He's a matchup problem for corners due to his size and strength. And he's a guy who can win in the red zone and high point the ball. So that is going to be a problem for defenses when they have to, you know, account for him on the field. Uh, But that just gives guys like Melvin Gordon more room to work. Uh, but I do think he could be a guy who surprises with between six and eight touchdowns this season with a very outside chance of getting the double-digit touchdowns. Plus, they're a team that has never really seemed committed to Tyrell Williams. Um, you know, after coming off a season when he caught 69 passes, he had just 69 targets last year. Uh, so he was more of an afterthought. Um You know, he still made big plays and averaged nearly 17 yards a catch. Uh, But the overall targets and opportunities just didn't flow his way. Uh, And that's something that's going to have to be watched this season because, you know, Travis Benjamin is a, you know, viable threat as well and saw nearly as many targets uh, and is a lid lifter in his own right, averaging nearly uh, 17 yards a catch and had four touchdowns last season. This is a team that, if they wanted to, could run a scary four-wide receiver set with Melvin Gordon in the backfield, and I don't think there's many teams in the league that would want anything to do with it. Yeah, I agree. And you're starting Melvin Gordon, so you're pumped on that. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Seahawks at the Broncos. Seahawks, I know that you've been high on um, uh, Wilson, uh, the News over the last four or five days, Doug Baldwin coming out, which he did, I think, three years ago, the same exact thing in his best season ever as a pro. and said, eh, I'm not going to be 100%. Um, starting to think that's strategery. Uh, but he's saying his knee's going to be an issue all season. Um, just let's do, a, let's, let's do a quick brain dump on this one, stag party style, uh, and we'll, we'll get ahead of the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson's the guy you want to start at running back. Uh, I don't think he can go out there today and start Rashard Penny with any sort of uh, confidence. Um, And even when you're starting Chris Carson, I don't know if you're all that excited about that. Uh, You know, overall, we don't know if he's going to be a player that moves the chains and can consistently move the offense. But, you know, the Broncos did have a tough – you know, run defense last year. Is that something that's going to continue? Uh, That's going to be a question mark. I do think they'll be tougher. uh, And, you know, I do think they're going to be a little bit worse against the run. So, you know, I don't think you can even start Carson. I think he's an RB3. Uh, Doug Baldwin, if he's active and in the game, it's hard for me to see how you don't play him. Uh, Let's see where he is in the ranks. He's wide receiver 12. Um, even if he's banged up, that's a guy who, you know, plays his goddamn heart out and would, you know, 
put everything he's got on the line. So I, I trust Doug Baldwin when active. Um, you know, your real thing is can you start any of the secondary pass catchers? Uh, you know, everybody's so high on Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, Brandon Marshall made the team after, you know, news of him potentially being cut, and they ended up cutting Amara Darborough instead. Um, so there's a lot of different things going on in that pass-catching gore that I don't know if you could feel great about it. Uh, I do think the Broncos do have enough corners uh, to get by, I mean, between uh, Roby and Chris Harris Jr. Uh, I think they're going to be tough still to pass against. I think this defense is going to be improved sort of from last year. Um, so it's not necessarily a no-fly zone. And you know, because of all of that, it doesn't look like Russell Wilson's a locked-in, must-play, have-to, if you've got another option. But I, I doubt you know if you spent up on Russell Wilson that you've got somebody better at the beck and call. Um, Talk about the Broncos. Royce Freeman, name the starter. I love that guy. Just watching some of his runs. I looked at his weight today. What He's 6'1", which is a, a, a nice height. He's like 230. This is a man-child, dude. When you're talking about – we were talking about Wilkins earlier. We're talking about all these other uh, rookie running backs. These guys are all in like the 200 to 210, 215 zone. Friggin' Royce Freeman is a beast. He's huge. Um, and I love that Joseph was like, mentally and physically, this guy's going to be able to take the punishment of the NFL. Uh, what are your thoughts about him in this week um, and beyond? And then any other brain dump? Obviously, we saw Emmanuel Sanders looks like he's going to be getting a ton of different op- uh, looks and they're going to be trying to get the ball in his hands all they can. I love that Case Keenum's best quarterback this team's had in three years, maybe even going into the uh, end of the Manning era. Um, I love Jake Butt. I love Jake Butt. I think he's – honestly, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, keep him on your radar. This guy is going to be a starting tight end on teams this year. He's just – I just can just tell that this guy, healthy, he's going to be a good tight end this year. Um, I'm, I'm expecting him for where he got drafted, like top 30. I'm thinking he's a top 15 guy. Do your thing, Stag Party. Yeah, uh, I think you're starting the two wide receivers. I think you are. Uh, so you're starting Emmanuel Sanders. You're starting Demarius Thomas. Uh, the Seahawks defense, it doesn't look a thing like it did back in Super Bowl runs. You know, it's tough to tell. You know what's going to shake out there on defense? It's the legion at all. The legion now it's legion of whom? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, the legion of whom? It's a lot of guys you know that they've drafted in the middle rounds of the draft, in that they need to step up. Uh, so we got to see if they can coach them up because there's a lot of question marks there. But I think you're starting Emmanuel. I think you're starting um, Demarius Thomas. I think Case Keenum. You know, because of the unknowns at defense, I think you can, you know, get by with Case Keenum at quarterback this week. Uh, I think you could do worse in your streaming search. Uh, but uh, he's not a guy I'm reaching out for either. 
Um, he's the 29th quarterback, and I still wouldn't mind playing him. So that's how I feel about it. Um, then you're looking at, you know, Jake Butts. That's something I'm going to need to see. Quite yet. I'm just, I'm just giving the uh, preemptive strike on it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's healthy. He's made the team. He's, you know, they're, they're expecting to use all the tight ends. Uh, and that's just, you know, the clear unclearness of the situation doesn't work for me. So I think you start the wide receivers and you start Royce Freeman. And if you're super deep, I still think you can start Devontae Booker because uh, they're not going to give Freeman the complete workload, especially week one. Um, Booker's still going to be out there for some pass protection, uh, some pass catching reps. He is going to be the change of pace back. And they don't really have a ton of depth you know, behind him that threatens his sort of role at this time. Agreed. They've already basically said, Royce is going to get the first couple of downs, then we'll take it from there. Um, all right, Cowboys at Panthers. Start with the Cowboys. I think Dak is going to be a, be a performer, Is or the, but is it this week? Uh, there's a lot of question marks. It seems like no one I – don't, I don't know where to take this Cowboys thing. Now, all of a sudden, their offensive line seems like they're not as, uh, as stout as we thought they were over the pre- previous couple years. Um, um, in this matchup, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak, uh, you're not starting any of their wide receivers. You're not starting any of their tight ends. It's, it's Dak. I mean, <laughs> the, the question sort of answered itself. Uh, you're starting Zeke. You drafted him highly. Uh, you know, in this matchup uh, against Carolina, they they have spurts of being tough, and I think they could load the box uh, a lot. But I think Dallas is going to do just enough. Um, overall, Dak's prices sort of went down in DFS, and with Ezekiel Elliott, he averages you know just under 20 fantasy points a game. So. You know, he's a guy you can get a pretty good return on value for. Um, and, and I think his rushing ability gives him some safety, you know, sort of in the same line as Cam Newton. But, you know, overall, I don't know if he has massive 30-point upside uh, in his range of outcomes because we don't know anything about the pass catchers yet. And that's something we're going to have to see shake out in the regular season. Um, you know, flipping over to the other side. Uh, looking at the Panthers, I, I don't think you should be worried about, uh, you know, really anybody. So the guys you expect to start, Christian McCaffrey should be in your lineup. Cam Newton should be in your lineup. Uh, I, I guess the question is pass catcher. Can you trust Devin Funches uh, against the Cowboys? I think yes. Can you trust Greg Olson? I think yes. Um, other than that, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, who just had a little bit of a heart condition and had surgery for that, uh, probably staying away from there. Uh, and and C.J. Anderson, you know, I don't think he's going to get enough work to be viable. So I, I think you want to start McCaffrey and you want to start Cam, and then you're flexing Funchess. And then, uh, as we talked about, Greg Olson, he's sort of a back-end, tight-end one type of play. 
What do you? I know that you you like to your your preseason rankings with an Olsen. You like them. What do you What are you expecting week to week? Is it the Olsen of two years ago, or is it a, a new guard and Olsen's kind of going to get some opportunities, or do you still think um, he's a security blanket and one of Cam's favorite uh, guys? Same or different? I think it's the same, just not on the same scale. Like, like I, th- I still think he's going to be a security blanket and a guy he looks for, you know, when he needs a big play. But I don't think he's going to be able to find him as reliably. I don't think he's going to get as many targets as he's seen in the past. Nice. All right, last question. Uh, DJ Moore, a lot of people, obviously the first wide receiver taken. Um, anything in this week? Uh, no. Nothing this week. Like, DJ Moore is a guy we have to see how the targets shake out for. Because if you run any sort of projection model and he comes in, if he's the wide receiver two for this team, it, you know, what's that mean? 50, 75, 80 targets? Uh, especially if they're throwing a lot to McCaffrey, throwing a lot to um, – Olsen. You know, Olsen still getting Funchess involved. And Cam's just never really thrown a ton to begin with. Totally agree. All right. Uh, let's move to the next matchup. Before we do, do us a favor and listen to this. All right. Thanks. We were on point tonight with our ads. Something we never are. I'm excited about that. I know our listeners listeners are like, God, I love when D-Rex totally spaces off all the advertising. Not tonight, (laughs) friends. Not tonight. Um, All right, the last game in the afternoon on Sunday is going to be the Redskins at the Cardinals. Um, It's just kind of awesome. There's a lot of uh, of change going on in the Redskins. I think this is a wait-and-see team, personally. I love an Alex Smith and what he's going to be able to do. But when uh, guys went down, and it, it changes a lot of things. AP, yeah, when guys- I, know, I know you're not going to get all uh, sentimental about him. Um, what, what are your thoughts? There's a lot of different faces, a lot of, like, a lot of guys that might in three months be in a much – better pecking order and be actually great players. But right now it's kind of a lot of everyone on this team, maybe other than one of our darlings, uh, Reed, um, just seem like, yeah, who knows? It just seems very unclear. Uh, so for the matchup against Cardinals, get into it. And if you want to throw some your expectation type of thing, feel free. Yeah, so looking at – uh, the Redskins, it, it's going to be tough to start many of them this week. Um, you you look at the matchup, the Cardinals have forced like 17 turnovers in the preseason, you know, in four games. They've been causing havoc. They've got pass rushers. Steve Wilkes has been a guy who likes to blitz a lot. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Smith's the guy who plays well under pressure and will get the ball out, but there is a lot of weapons on the Cardinals defense right now, and they, they're starting to look, you know, better. Um, I thought they were going to be a little bit worse, but they look to be improved. Um, and I think Wilkes is going to be a good fit for them. Um, so 
the guys I like starting are the short area options here. It's like uh, I'm not going to start Alex Smith, but I do think Chris Thompson's going to be involved. Uh, as a pass catcher, they're saying he looks good. Uh, you know, Jamison Crowder, uh, the Cardinals in the slot. You know, maybe you're looking at Buda Baker being the guy who eventually steps in and bees a, a dominant slot defender. But right now, you know, losing the Honey Badger, is that really an improvement that we can write in? I don't know. I, I you know, Crowder in their game last season did catch, you know, 55 yards and a touchdown. I do think it could be something there as well. And then Jordan Reed, whenever he's in, uh, I like that aspect. The Cardinals have been tough against opposing tight ends. But, man, when Jordan Reed's healthy, he's got to be in your lineup. Um, and, you know, it sounds like all systems are going to be go by Sunday. Yeah. Dotson, uh, Dotson and that a the rest lot. Of the, Go for it. Sorry. No, Dotson and then Paul Richardson, I think those are wait-and-see guys. Uh, you know, they're both going to be, you know, switching up on the outside. That means somebody's probably getting smothered by Patrick Peterson. I don't want anything to do with any of their outside ride receivers. Um, and that that's pretty much everybody. Why wouldn't a team like the Reds? Uh, they drafted uh, Darius, but why doesn't a team uh, I'm not, just throw a bunch of picks at, at the Steelers and say, we, we want Bell? I mean, somebody will, but I doubt it's going to be the Redskins. I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, a, a GM is just like, let's change it up. Let's get, let's give him, let's give him some big money. Let's trade, but not go crazy. Um, anyway, I just got blindsided a little bit. Um, let's go to over to the Cardinals. You got Bradford and uh, DJ, who we've talked a few times on the show. Larry Fitz, the ageless wonder. Um, let's talk with let's let's start with the Larry Fitz and go uh, backwards. I mean, Larry Fitz playing the slot, probably avoiding Josh Norman. Uh, no more Kendall Fuller there, as he was one of the pieces that got sent out uh, to Kansas City in order to acquire Alex Smith. Uh, that means they're not likely to be a great uh, coverage team over the middle like they were last year. Um, you do look at some of the receivers uh, outside of Larry Fitz and think, why would Norman be anywhere else? But more than likely, he's going to be in the outside if if Larry Fitz is on the outside, I think Josh Norman's on him. Um, Chad Williams today sort of released that he's their second team wide receiver um, or wide receiver two. I don't know if that's something to be excited about. That guy looked like he had a lot of growth to do last year. Um, you know, at tight end, Ricky Seals Jones, uh, Washington. You know, from season to season has fluctuated. But they have been beaten up by tight ends. So I, I do think Seals Jones could be a you know low cost DFS play um with some upside um built in. Uh so outside of DJ and Seals Jones maybe and Larry Fitz, I think you're avoiding sort of everybody else. I agree. All right. Here we go on Sunday night football America, the Bears. Going against the Packers. Oh, God, I want to smoke these motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Come on, Mac attack. Um, Bears, let's start with them. 
Trubisky, it obviously, the whole Mac thing puts a lot of pressure on Trubisky. There's no wait and see. He's got to be ready to rock, um, you know, season-wide. And then I'll, I'll just ask you one question and let you go into this matchup. Season-wide, is he ready for this? Troops. Uh, I don't know, man. Weight of the, the world. The, he's got the weight of the world, literally. Like After acquiring Mac, uh, we talked with Houdini, you know, last week or the week before that, that the Bears had a lot of expectations. But now that you – spend, you know, two first-round picks plus on uh, acquiring a guy like Khalil Mack, now your expectations are even higher. Like, people are going to be expecting a lot from this guy, and it all comes down to Trubisky. You know, playing the Packers on Sunday night football on the Packers' 100th-year anniversary celebration – um, where everybody in that stadium is going to be hyped up and Aaron Rodgers is going to be back for his first game since, you know, uh, or his first game since last season. He did play a week, uh, what, 15 game last year. But this Bears team just has struggled to beat the Packers in general. Um, and they couldn't even beat Brett Hundley last year. So you look at that and you're a little bit worried but the last couple Bears coaches, Mark Trussman and Lovey Smith, you know, when taking the jobs, they have done well. Oh, and John Fox, they've all won their Packer debut. A trio um, of poopiness. What's that? A trio of poopiness. I I, I like Lovey. Have you seen Lovey's yeah. beard? Yeah, he looks like a. Looks <laughs> like, um, like a character from the X Men. Now I love it. Yeah. But going up against this Packers defense, they throw a lot of different looks at you. Uh, they do have a lot of young players in their secondary now. Uh, it's got to be – we got to see how they adjust. We've got to see if they're still able to get pressure. But they you know, they added weapons in their pass rushing repertoire as well. So they look improved on defense. Um, their young corners have made impact plays in the preseason. We've got to see if that carries on to the regular season. But – you know, Allen Robinson is a guy who's going to be a question mark. We really haven't seen anything from him this preseason. Uh, the Packers against the tight end position, everybody's hoped for Trey Burton. Uh, the Packers have been one of the tougher teams against tight ends, especially last year, where they allowed just the fourth fewest fantasy points uh, and only allowed one player over 100 yards um, all season at the tight end position. Uh there, there's lots of question for the Bears offense. The only one that might be answered is probably Jordan Howard. And, you know, I think you're starting him as an RB2 uh, pretty comfortably. Other than that, you know, I, I think you start your Trey Burton. You hope for something to click there. You should be targeted a lot. He looked to be, you know, a piece that the offense was designed around. Um Anthony Miller is currently the wide receiver three listed behind Taylor Gabriel on the depth chart. I don't know if that's something that's going to last, but he should see the play from the slot anyways. They're going to have three wide receivers on the field. We just really need to see a pecking order shake out with this team before feeling uber comfortable. Um, So a guy like Allen Robinson is probably going to be a little bit lower in my rankings than most other people's. Agreed. 
I'm I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about him, but I, I I'm excited to see him. Maybe he's better off. Maybe the injury uh, is is behind him. Miller, pretty excited. I'm just I'm excited. I'm, I'm more excited about the defense side. Would you agree that now with Mac, are the Bears a top five? Are they a top seven, top ten defense? Is this like for, for fantasy, fantasy purposes? Yeah, uh, yeah, they are a top five to seven fantasy defense for me now. I'm definitely top ten. I'd have to check the exact number, but uh, there's somebody I want. The only thing I worry about is uh, you know the return men. Is it going to be Tariq Cohen back there all the time, or do they want to find somebody else? And what do they do in the punt return game? Because it seems like they haven't had a punt returner since you know Hester left. Oh, was he a returner? All right, as uh, cool. Let's go over to the Packers, and then um, as they've done over the last uh, two or three seasons, we've got two Monday night games. Um, what do you got with the Packers? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. I was in a league last night where Brady got picked over Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback taken. Um, huge expectations against what me and Stags agree might be a top five defense. Is Aaron yeah. Rodgers going to be uh, have a tough matchup? I don't think so. I mean, this is Khalil Mack getting here with maybe a week's worth of practice. Uh, going up against one of the players uh, that is elite at his position and can put his guys in great spots. Uh, it's really going to come down to corner play, and I don't know if the Bears have enough uh, to keep up with, you know, Devontae Adams on his own. Um, so I think you're definitely starting Devontae Adams. You're starting uh, Jimmy Graham. We don't know if we're even going to see, you know, Roquan Smith or how much we're going to see of him you know, after a, a lengthy holdout. Uh, so now you're, you're looking at maybe second-team linebackers and Kwiatkowski, uh, and that's a little bit square, scary going up against Jimmy Graham. Uh, so there's a lot of, of questions that need to be answered, and I just don't know if the Bears are going to be fully up to speed in week one, but I do think this is a defense that is going to steadily improve as the season goes on. Mac gets more... Um, involved, Rokon Smith becomes arguably the favorite to be the defensive player of the year. I just don't know if it clicks. Week one, under the bright lights against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. I agree with that, and I kind of hoped. I was talking to a guy in in uh, you know, obviously I live in Chicago, Bears fans all around. Talking to my one of my neighbors today for about fifteen minutes, and I, I, I kind of want the Bears not to think that they have to win the championship in this first week. I don't, I, I kind of, I know that uh, um, Mac, the most amazing stat that I read through all of this stuff is that fucking Mac has only missed 44 snaps while he's been in the NFL snaps. That's fucking unbelievable. It's unheard of, but I don't want them to rush him into it and have him like, have an Achilles injury or something, just take your time. This guy, just let him miss 44 snaps alone in this game, is my opinion. Uh, and I feel the same way about Roquan Smith. Like, we just got these guys. This is, this is huge for our next five years. Let's not feel like we have to win, um, win, win this trade or win this draft choice uh, in this game 
even I would even extend it even to game two. Let these guys practice. Let these guys play. Let their bodies feel it. I'm definitely worried whenever you have a guy that's sitting out forever um, in not playing in the preseason games and not practicing with his teammates and doing all that mumbo jumbo. I, I just get worried that the minute they actually are doing it full speed with big guys that are 350 pounds, snaps. So I kind of just want them to be a little chill on Sunday because um, there's no reason to, you know, let the guns out. It's a long-term play. Yeah. Um, Any chance uh, of that happening? <laughs> no. I, no, I think Mac's going to play a lot, but they're going to ask him to do one thing and one thing only. Hey, buddy, let's uh, get after the quarterback. <laughs> Crush Roger. <laughs> Let's not send you Let's not send you out here uh, trying to run zone coverage against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's go on to um, the first of the Monday night. Unless you got anything else you want to say on that, I don't think you do. Um, no. All right. Early game uh, is going to be. I like it. So in Midwest, we get it. Starts at six ten. On September, I don't even, I can't even see that, but on Monday, we've got the Jets at the Lions. No one would think that was a great, sexy game, but something tells me that one's going to be a pretty dope game. Um, let's talk. Let's start with the Jets. Obviously, Darnold named the starter. I'll just let you. I'll, I'll just let you do run from there. You like it? Think what do you think can happen uh, in this game? What do you think uh, to expect uh, for many owners? I know most people, other than dynasty redrafts, are not starting Darnold. You know, I do fantasy uh, rookie leagues. Um, what are your expectations for Darnold? I know we talked a few few days ago, and you're like, I think he can score a couple hundred points this year. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much for a quarterback who starts all 16 games to score a couple hundred points, get you 200. Uh, You know, outside of Barkley, I don't know how many rookies are guaranteed to give you 200 fantasy points. So in your must-start a rookie league where you can start a quarterback there, he's instantly very attractive, just like his hair, and people are obsessed with that. But, uh, you know, getting back to the real things, Darnold, has been a conservative player this preseason. And I don't know if that's something that's going to change, if they're going to let the shackles off or if they're going to ask him to keep taking, you know, touchdown throws or check down throws, running a sort of touchdown, check down West coast, quick pass style of offense. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the game plan. I think they're going to play it pretty tight to the vest with this guy. They're going to get a lot of work. Um, to Bilal Powell, either pass catching or running out of the backfield. Uh, the same can be said, uh, you know, with, you know, Isaiah Crowell. I think they're both going to be, you know, pretty active. I, I think I prefer Powell at this point because he's just a slightly more explosive player. Um, but I'm not rushing to start either of those guys. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson, I, I we haven't seen that chemistry with Darnold yet. We haven't seen the deep shots that McCown um, and him were connecting on so, office, so often last season. 
He's been working the ball underneath, which has been great for guys like, uh, you know, Quincy and Nunwa. Uh, the rest of the wide receiver core and tight end core on the Jets is a question mark. So I, I don't really find myself wanting to start anybody. Nice. Let's go to the Lions. Yeah, um, the Lions, you know, going up against the Jets secondary, they did add Tremaine Johnson to their cornerback backfield. We know they spent, you know, a first and a second round pick uh, on safeties last year. We need to see a little bit more, you know, turnover in those young safeties. But until we do, I think you could start a guy like Matthew Stafford pretty safely. Um you know, they've still got Leonard Williams in there uh, to stuff up the run a little bit, uh, especially with an uncertain run game. You know, is it going to be Blunt? Is it going to be Carrion Johnson? Is it going to be Amir Abdullah? Is it going to be, you know, Theo Riddick? Is it going to be the guy, Donnell Pumphrey, who they just signed, you know, today or yesterday? There's a lot of question marks in that backfield. So, you know, the best option you're going to get is maybe Blunt or carry on Johnson as a wide receiver or as a running back three in standard leagues. Maybe you get Theo Riddick there on PPR, but I'm probably avoiding it and just going looking at the pass catchers. Uh, you know, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones until otherwise. Uh, Kenny Galladay has got, you know, an opportunity here to potentially take a step up. And maybe he's a long-term replacement for Marvin Jones, or maybe he steps up and really, really makes this one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL. Totally. Um, who is, I don't even know who is their tight end right now. I mean, Luke Wilson or Michael Roberts, I believe. All right, we'll move on from that. Um, who who do you like the most out of the wide receivers season long? Um, do you like Tate or do you like Marvin Jones? Because that's you see, depends on the scoring system. What is it? Tate scoring system dependent. Tate and PPR all day. Marvin Jones and standard. Alla for a dollar. Last game. This is the last one of Week One. Rams are going to be going and playing against the Raiders. Who is John Gruden's replacement? In Who do we get to hear talk about John Gruden on Monday night? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, is it the Jason Witten crew? I don't even know. All I know is I tweeted something where uh, Sean McDonald or whatever, McDonough, was like, I have no idea what my ex-partner on Monday Night Football is doing with Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Makes Pro sense football, to me. Pro football or uh, whatever. that uh, one, of, one of the sites like did an interview with him. He's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Butternut. Yeah, it was a weird, weird situation all over. Um, sort of unprecedented, too. But uh, from the Rams' perspective, you know, you've got no Khalil Mack. Like, you look at the Oakland Raiders' defense. Who's the best player on that defense now? Charles Woods. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a, like a week to answer because I don't think there's a clear, good, you know, answer. They cut their second round pick in Obi 
Oh, I can't even attempt to say his name. Um, they they cut their second round pick from last year. You know, Bruce Irvin. You know, still there, expected to play defensive end now. But then they added, you know, Derek Johnson, who's in his mid thirties. Uh, to hear Whitehead, you know, is a pretty good player. They do have, you know, Garyon Connolly, who <coughs> they drafted uh, last year out of Ohio State, but, you know, he was injured for a majority of his rookie season. Like, there is no clear-cut best player there. They took shots on, you know, guys with injuries and athletic profiles in the draft and Hurst and P.J. Hall and Arden Key, but it's just a lot, a lot of question marks without any answers. So start Todd Gurley. Um, I think you could start all three of the wide receivers. I think you could start Jared Goff, and you'll probably be pretty happy with all of them. Yeah, that's a that's a wide receiver scene that I'm looking at with uh, unknown eyes. I think Coop. Cup, I, I like what he's going to be able to do. Woods, he's a guy. Um, and then you, you obviously Cook's in the mix. What are really the expectations there? Is he a top 10 guy like he has been? Or is he a top 25 guy? Who knows? Uh, again, that's why this that's why this part of the season is so awesome because there are guys that we've latched on to and already projected in our own minds what they're going to do. And then the ones that we don't really know or trust or don't have those same, um, you know, visceral feelings for, we're kind of like, oh, we'll see. I'm going to see what he does. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in that, uh, on that team in general that I feel, uh, being the Rams, that I feel about that, especially the uh, wide receiver crew. Um, you want to go over to the Ra- Raiders? Yeah, for the Raiders, I think, uh, I don't know if you really want to play anybody. I don't think you want to play Derek Carr. Um, You're probably going to be stuck playing Amari Cooper. But, you know, this Rams defense has Marcus Peters. It's got Aqib Tlaib. still got Marcus Joyner. Uh, They've got players at sort of all levels. You know, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue up the middle interior rush. Um, like that's going to be hard for a line to block. Uh, so I, you know, I don't want to play Marshawn Lynch against those guys. Is that line going to be able to get push? I don't know. Um, so I think I'm, you know, playing Cooper and maybe Jordy Nelson if I'm desperate. But other than that, he'll probably... Staying away. I'm staying away from the run game. I'm staying away from. Um, I, I I think C- Cook might be one of the better plays, though. Um, I don't know what they're going to be able to do as a linebacking core now. Uh, they've made you know they've got some transition in there. They do have Mike Barron uh, still, but you know getting rid of um, Ogletree who was sort of one of their better covered uh, defenders is a little bit worrisome to me. Uh, And then an outside linebacker, they're sort of unproven. The crazy thing is hearing that the, uh, the other team that made a hardcore push for Mac was, was the Rams. Oh, (laughs) could you imagine if the Rams got Mac? 
Um, nice. Hey, stag party. I think we went through, this is actually, we, we just went through a full slate, 16 games. And, and we might've, uh, I think we covered so many players and so many things. Great. And, uh, we're able to talk full season a little bit, but definitely hit on the matchups, but we did it in not the longest time in under a two and a half hours or right around two and a half hours. Um, so, well done by us. Uh, basically exactly right at about two and a half hours. So, <laughs> any, anything else you want to state or forever hold your peace, um, what I'll do, I know you got nothing else to say. So, I asked that and you're like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, nice work, buddy. Great preseason, great off offseason. Uh, it's game time now, dude. I, as your partner in Pyromaniac, I appreciate all your insight and uh, what you do for our site. Um, keep it up. I know our listeners love it too. You're a beast, beast of burden at this fantasy football goodness. So, um, well done. Let's shut this party down. And to all of our pyros, we wish you the best of luck. Any of you guys have bought the draft kit, we want you guys to win it all. If you didn't buy the draft kit, we still want you to win it all. You're listening here at two and a half hours. Check out pyro pro, uh, been shocked at how many we haven't even been promoting it and a lot of people are jumping on um appreciate that and uh it's real time it's game it's game time now all the what ifs and uh what could be's and pre-draft stuff out the window as stag said at the very beginning of the show it's game time let's see uh let's see which one of these guys want to bring all of us you the listeners and uh me and stag parties are uh, in big money leagues ourselves. Let's see who's gonna who's gonna bring us some uh, some points. And uh, I'm excited. Fucking football season. Let's go. Let's go. All right, stack party. Thanks, brother. Pyros. We out. Go get them. Week one. A wonderful week one. <laughs>